Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. For Christians and non-Christians alike, Christianity has been taught to us as one thing. Jesus was born a virgin, lived, was crucified, died, and was resurrected. His followers continued spreading his ministry's message, eventually becoming the most influential religion in the world. However, what you may not know is that Christianity was never one idea. Early Christianity was indistinguishable from what we have today. For centuries, each sect of Christianity called other sects heretical. These were not small disagreements. These were wild and incompatible belief systems. Early Christianity continued through history until one version of Christianity was accepted by Constantine, the Roman emperor, making that version of Christianity vastly more influential, leading to the death of other major Christian sects and ideas. Today, we'll be doing a deep dive into these lost Christianities and drinking red wine in remembrance of them. My guest today is Neil, who is a content creator making academic videos on history, mythology, psychedelics, and early Christianity. He goes by Gnostic Informant on YouTube, and as a new fan of his work, I am very excited to have him here today. Welcome, Neil, Gnostic Informant. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I like I'm, I, I like your show, too. I've been watching your show, too. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm so thankful to Derek, who, who put me in touch with you, um, to have you on, because... because like yeah i i truly am like i looked at your content and i'm like how i've been subscribed for ages but i haven't been watching the, the videos you know how like yeah, you, yeah. You, know, you do that sometimes yeah of course and yeah i'm just just so so interesting and uh and you, you suggested that we talk about early christianity and i was like oh yeah i'm really interested in that subject um and i, I listed a few things that i knew about and then you started telling me things you knew about and i had no idea what you're talking about so i am so excited to learn about that today uh so welcome, Neil. Um, let's get this. What are we drinking today? I've, I've already mentioned it, but we're drinking so this red is wine, right? Red wine made straight from Jesus. <laughs> we're drinking. We're drinking it in remembrance of yeah. the early Christian sex. Uh, I uh, yes, yes. This is what we're doing. So, <laughs> so this guys, this thanks for everyone who's coming out. I see a lot of new faces. I, I love seeing um, you guys in the chat. Make sure to ask your questions, and we'll try and get to them um, at you know at, at earliest convenience. Uh, Neil, could you tell us a little bit about yourself first? Yeah, my name is Neil. I have a channel called Gnostic Informant, and I was a, I used to be a Christian who, you know, got saved, as, if you will, um, after a life of battling with uh, substance abuse, and then went to prison, and went to, and then got saved in there, and then got when I came out, went joined a church, was really fundamentalist for a few years, and then I started studying as much as possible about early Christianity and digging into different, you know, different, uh, different ideas of Christianity. And I started to sort of, uh, become a heretic in my own sense before I've deconverted completely. So uh, my last stop as a theist was Gnostic. And then, then I just kind of, that didn't last long at all. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but it still, it still felt like, I feel it feels a part of me because it was like my branch, my, my uh, bridge out of Christianity. And uh, then I started the channel Gnostic Informant and I started interviewing a lot of scholars about these early Christian groups. Uh, you know, Bart Ehrman, David Litwa, uh, others as well. So Celine Lilly, um, John Kloppenborg, Tony Burke. These are scholars who are, are professors who 
write about, translate ancient these texts, and they are very knowledgeable of these early groups that the church calls heretics. They didn't call themselves Gnostics. They definitely didn't call themselves heretics. They called themselves Christians. So there is a that's a big thing. And 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 to start off this conversation, I think one way to look at it is the way we see Mormons and Catholics today as being so far apart from each other. We look at them like opposites. But in, in reality, Mormons and Catholics have more in common than early Christians do. Yeah. Oh, but, but they have way more overlap. They at least believe the same thing about Jesus. And I, th this is something I, I really like. I'm so excited to to show people this information because uh, it's it's not something that like this isn't like I, I I never want this channel to just be one big atheist roast on religion, right? I, I love religion for 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 um for different reasons, and I loved it when I was religious. But right, I think this is interesting for Christians as well. I think this is interesting for anyone because it's it's talking about the most influential religion in the world, and it's like early roots that like a lot of people don't know about, and it's 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 absolutely fascinating. Some people have mentioned in the comments already that I got some things wrong about Constantine. Can you correct any of my opening um, remarks? Oh, uh, I forgot. I don't know what you, you said. Would you say Constantine made Christianity? Yeah, I thought. Oh, yeah. So, still, so I th they're probably talking about Theodosius. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Constantine okay. got converted, but uh, yeah. you know there was the, the, that other Sol Invictus religion was still a thing. Neoplatonism was still a thing, and then like a couple set a couple decades later, towards the end of that century. Theodosius comes in and he's the one who really said, okay, it's Christianity from here on out. In fact, we're going to shut down the temples, shut down the libraries. And not, not only that, if you're not, if you're not even this certain type of Christian, we're going to go yeah. after you. And he, he actually sent out people to go and kill and search for some of these Christian groups that we're going to talk about. Right. Okay, cool. Real, right, well, that, that, the real so-called martyrs are these groups, which is okay. So the part that I kind of uh, glossed over a little too um, uh, briefly was, yeah, that Constantine, Constantine was the first Roman emperor, emperor to become Christian. Um, and I've heard arguments that it was because of, I think Bart Ehrman talks about this, Professor Bart Ehrman talks that it was Constantine's um, acceptance of Christianity that was really the, the pitchfork in the road. So maybe that's where I got that um, oh, yeah, that, information. That's, a, that's common, everyone. But hey, I'm will, I'm here learning today. This isn't this isn't me telling what I know. This is and, me learning. Um, because I'm not the I'm not like an expert. Like I'm not like a. <laughs> We're both just. But I do. But I am comfortable with this conversation because I I'm in it so much. So, you know, yeah. obviously don't 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 take me as the authority of this stuff. Fact okay. check. Go look this up. But I am getting this from experts, and I am. But and if I do speculate, I will say it. I will say it. Here's yeah. my personal opinion. And that will like you will see me do that a few times, obviously. All right, awesome, awesome. So, um, if we could, I would like to start this conversation by addressing addressing your perspective of Christianity, and let, let's call it let's let's go with the let's let's see like give us the consensus historical view of Christianity from as best you can from uh, as if you're talking to someone who's only known. Uh, about Christianity from like Sunday school and church. Like they sure. think it was just the disciples went, they preached throughout the land and then it grew. Like give us what is early Christianity? Yeah. So the church perspective is that Jesus taught 12 disciples and, you know, he died on the cross and resurrected and then taught, told them to go out to the ends of the earth and teach them this message. And they all took that message and 
taught everybody in the Roman Empire, and they were they were uh, persecuted for so many years, and there were martyrs, and it was poor Christians for 200 years, and then magically Constantine gets converted, and there's only one line from from Constantine to Jesus, and it's just perfect. There's nothing else. <laughs> That's what you hear from the church. But in reality, yeah. it's completely different. The reality is we have no idea what Jesus said. We don't know what yeah. his actual beliefs, what actual, his actual sayings were. We don't know if there was 12 disciples. We don't know any of that. We know that the, 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 when we start to see actual texts pop up, they're all different. They're all like wide ranging. The people in Alexandria, Egypt, there's Sethians there who would believe in uh, transmigration of the soul, which is reincarnation. And you have people in Phrygia that think that there's like some sort of uh, uh, syncreti- synchronistic idea of the Christ that's sort of like Addis and, and and we'll get into that too. But like basically what I'm saying is when we start seeing documentation of Christians right off the bat, they're just wide ranging and different. They're not like, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not coherent and like, there's not like a, like a, a core orthodoxy or anything like that. It doesn't even, that's not even a thing until way later. Right. So, yeah, so I I understand that we have we have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. They're anonymous, right? I know that that much that they're anonymous and they were written somewhere between, I think, 40 uh, years after Jesus died to 70 years after Jesus died. Right. Yeah. Um, They don't claim to be written by eyewitnesses. Uh, They I think John says that he's talking to someone who was an eyewitness that was that is reliable but besides that we don't know who wrote these gospels like explicitly that's like a known yeah like i don't think anyone really argues with that uh although there are a few people who do argue that but there but majority of scholars don't argue with that they're, they're anonymous are there any other writings from that era that yeah. could be considered that well, didn't get canonized into the into scripture well i would say Second century, we start seeing a lot more gospels. Like there's a there's a text called the Gospel of Peter, and this one was really popular, and it almost made the canon. This was very close to making it into the really? canon. And and there in this text, there's a giant talking cross, a wooden okay. cross that has a face and can talk. And and just I I wish so badly that this would have made the canon. <laughs> Because can you imagine <laughs> apologetics trying to uh, trying to figure this thing out? And they would. That's how apologetics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure. Oh God can do anything. He can make anything. Talk. Yeah, yeah. You well, you, when you have talking snakes. Then I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. This is not anything yeah. crazy. But like, it didn't make the canon. But if it did, I would I would just love it because it would be one of those easy. You guys have talking crosses, guys. What the, what the, but like, this was <laughs> yeah. not considered heretical until later on. This was one of the popular texts. There's also Gospel of Mary in which Mary Magdalene, she's the one who receives, she's the highest disciple out of all of them. She's the one who, re- who receives the secret message from Jesus himself that the other ones don't know. And they're all attacking her. And then I think the only Peter comes to her defense. That's an interesting one. And there's also a gospel of Judas. And Judas gets, gets told beforehand, listen, man, there's going to be, there's going to be 12 disciples. You're going to be called the 13th and they're all going to hate you. and They're going to oppose you for the ages, but you oh, are doing you are doing the most important job and you have to do it. So G- Judas knows this secret knowledge and he has to go through with it. And so he, this one flips everything on its head. Whoa. So I, I do know, is there like, the, I know there are some early, there's an early gospel somewhere where it actually talks about Jesus as a child as well, like doing miracles yeah. as a child. 
Which yeah. one was, that? was that, That's the one where, um, that's the infancy gospel. And he, in that text, Jesus is like a child wizard who kills another, another kid. Like literally he pushes him off. Like he, doesn't he yeah. push him off? Like a, yeah. Tell us yeah. about that. Tell us about this infancy. Um, I forget. I, I don't know exactly all the details because it's been a while since I've looked at it, but yeah, in that text, there's a, there's Jesus as a kid and he's just like this whiz kid, just secret, this like super smart, like genius, magical wizard kid. And like Harry like, Potter. Yeah, they're like picking on him, and then he like shows them shows off his magic, and then kills the one kid, and they're all like, "Oh shit, let's get away from this kid." But yeah, that is the um, that yeah, that's one of the that's one of the more wild. I haven't I've, it's been a while since I've looked at that one, so I don't really remember anything yeah. besides that. That but that one is crazy. Yeah, that one's crazy. So that um, so Max and D both said it's the infancy gospel of Thomas. So people can yeah. go and look at that um, after this. But yeah, so so. Okay, so maybe you can uh, t- tell us about some of these Christian, these major Christian sects. Um, sure. There, so there's the Sethians. Uh, they are located in the area of Alexandria, Egypt. But there's also, I, I believe, they also there's also a lot of them scattered throughout in like Asia Minor, modern day Turkey too, in Syria. And they had this text called the uh, the Apocryphon of John, and it's this like weird like really strange text about this unknown God who is mm. the, the, the only thing there is in the, in, in the beginning and the, and from him emanates ions and these ions are first of them. The first one's called Barbello and this Barbello is almost perfect. It's almost as perfect as the unknown God, but it's a little bit less, a little bit more dimmer light. And then from this ion, emanates more ions and as these ions keep going on they're a little they're more they're less and less light and they start getting darker and darker at to the bottom and then uh there's an ion called sophia which is wisdom in greek and she creates yaldeboeth who is the old testament god and this yaldeboeth thinks that he's the only god there is and he thinks he's in control but he's mistaken and he creates so- Adam, he creates yeah go ahead so is this the Similarillion, or is this is this what is this sounds like Lord of the Rings? Like what is yeah, it? Like, it's this, wild. It's wild. And so yeah. So this this what, is, what's what what sect is this again? Sorry, I'm just going the to Sethians. these are the Sethians. Sethians. And yeah, this is their this is their central text, and it's completely their cosmology and their theology has nothing to do with like what Christians today are talking about. It's completely different, and so they wow. have. This um, they have so Sophia is actually the serpent that comes in the garden. So she comes and tells Eve, "Listen, that God that you think is your creator, he's a liar. He doesn't know what he's doing. Eat from the tree of knowledge because that's what's going to make you a god." So they turn, wow. they make the story. So Eve's the good one, or uh, yeah, they 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 put they they praise Eve as like she's the one who brought knowledge into the world. She saved everybody, and Sophia was the serpent. The serpent disguised as a serpent so they they take the text that's in the genesis and they just tweak it however they want and so there's that version of that text um the, the valentinians have a very close are very close to the sethians but they're more pythagorean they they have this like gematria system everything's numbers jesus's gematria is 888 in greek so he's like this like perfect logos because there's there's 20 there's 24 letters in the greek alphabet there's eight monads, eight 
uh, heptads or eight ogduads. And so he's 888. He is the word. He's the all compassing alphabet. And then there's a, uh, they also had this. So Valentinian, Valent- Valentinus was uh, one of the most highest bishops in the Roman Empire. So we're, wow. This, this, is, this, this is so important to, to, to put this point across because we're not talking, we are not talking about random hermits in the middle of nowhere. We're talking about mainstream Christianity. This was mainstream. This was, they weren't like, oh, we're the hair, or they weren't getting called heretics in their time. You don't understand that? Like, like yeah. they, they didn't get called heretics until later. They, and during his time period, he was popular and famous. He almost became the Bishop of Rome, which is like the Pope. And so yeah. this was, he had a student named Marcus Magus, Marcus Magus, who, um, had, who had a Trinity and it was the, the monad, which splits off into the duod. So it's all mathematical stuff, but this <laughs> duod was Christ and Zoe. So Christ is the logos. Zoe is life. And then if you look at the book of John, it says in the, in the beginning was the logos and the logos uh, was with God. And then the, the, uh, verse four, it says, and the life and the life was life and life was with uh, was with Christ or whatever. So the, you can see how they're getting this from the text. This is all from the Bible. They're not just like making this up randomly. They're getting this from John. Like they're 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 backed by the Bible. They have like reasons for, to believe in what they believe. in, And so. They get they get deemed heretical later on, but uh, the uh, this this idea of the the Old Testament being, you know, not not all good and not the all powerful, you see this with Marcion, and Marcion is from Sinop, which is in Turkey, and he has this idea that look look at look at this look at uh, Genesis one, and God's looking for Adam. How does he not know where Adam is? If he's all knowing, he should know where Adam is. And yeah. not only that, he should have known that Adam was going to take from, was going to eat from the fruit, which means he's not all knowing. He can't be the God. He can't be this our God. He and by the way, he, he and Marcion points to the to to the text of Elijah, and says, "Why would an all good God allow his prophet to send she bears to go eat to go kill some kids because they called him baldy?" So Marcion uses the same arguments that we use today when we when we criticize the text. Like you see, like Aaron Ra always <laughs> talks about, you know, how what's the she bear thing. Like you always hear this, like, but like Marcion was already on that w- early on. He was already talking about this stuff. He was already pointing this stuff out early on. And so Marcion made a made a canon that was just the gospel of I think it was John, or it might have been Luke, but I can't remember. But it was Paul's epistles. And then one of the gospels that was the, can- he was the first Christian to do a canon. And then right. the, last, the last thing I want to mention before uh, you probably have a bunch of questions because yeah. m- people, Mar- Marcion's uh, idea of the old Testament God being, being like evil is nothing compared to the Canaanites. There's this group of Christians called the Canaanites and they're called the Canaanites because they, they thought Cain was the good guy because in the text of Cain and Abel, Abel offers up an, uh, a lamb. Cain offers up, you know, his vegetables. So Cain being a tiller of the land, he's peaceful. He's not, he doesn't need to kill animals and, and offer blood to a God. He's peaceful. He's the vegetarian one. So like, he's good. And then they said that Eve, Eve is good. Eve's the good one. And they said, Judas is also the good one. They flipped the entire Bible on its head. Every character that's bad is now good. Every character that's good is now bad. And they thought that, yeah, they were completely anti-Old anti, anti uh, Testament, and they just thought that this God, 
Yahweh is completely evil because he needs blood sacrifices and that's evil. So, so for a, uh, a Christian who has gotten this far in this already without turning off, um, for someone who's, who's watching this as a Christian, they may be thinking, how on earth can they get these things from the scriptures? These are wild, these crazy. But I want to point something out to you. Um, sure. This is something that 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 I struggled with while going through ministry college when I was learning about the Bible um, and things like that. That is that Jesus told his disciples they were they were they were walking out of the temple one day, and Jesus walked with uh, told his disciples, "Look at all these stones. All these stones will be torn down and you know and destroyed." And the disciples were were bewildered. They're like, "When is this going to happen? This is the temple, right?" This is before the, you know, this is when God lived, you know, in the temple, right? Or maybe not, but anyway, it's a temple, big deal. Yeah. And uh, they go, tell us, when will, when will this happen? When will be the, the, the you know, this happen? And then Jesus goes on to describe the end of the world. He just, well, he just goes on to say, the sun will be turned to black. You'll see the son of man coming in the clouds. Every near, you know, you know, there'll be famines and earthquakes in various places, um, et cetera, et cetera. He goes on to describe it and then he says, um, you be put to death um, on behalf of me, and you know then the end will come. He then says, "I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass away until all these things happen." In another retelling of the story, in another part, he says, "I tell you the truth. You shall not taste death until all these things happen." So that's what it says in almost in every translation that I've read of the Bible. Like it's exact. Right, this generation will not pass away until all these things happen. Until you see the Son of Man returning on the clouds, until you see you know, great glory. People will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming the clouds. Now, current Christians get around this by by thinking maybe the word generation meant race of people, like the Jews, or maybe the second death. You will not taste death until you see all these things coming. Maybe that's talking about when people die and then they're resurrected. And you know that, that that's the true death. It's like a second death in heaven or something, right? Right. But that's not what the, the text says. Uh, right. And if you can read the Bible to see the exact opposite of what it actually says in plain reading in every translation, that you know, I tell you the truth, you will taste death, and it'll be two thousand years at least before you see the Son of Man coming on the clouds. If okay, well, you, you translate to say the exact opposite. I tell you the truth, this generation. And 10, 20 other generations will pass away, you know, until, you know, if you can translate to say the exact opposite of what it actually says, like that, that that's, that's absolutely wild to me. Right. And that, that was always a big stumbling block for me. That's what they were doing then. That's what, sorry, that's what they're doing now. And so you're like, okay, well, how are they, how, how are these Christian sects getting these wild ideas? Well, Christians are still doing it today. Exactly. They're still translating the text to be the exact opposite of what it says. They and see these, and however these, they want it. it it's, yeah. it's they're putting themselves onto the text rather than taking the text for what for what it is. They're they're putting yeah. their own minds. They're putting their own minds onto it and and and, uh, and reading it into reading themselves into the text. That's why you have these Canaanites who are Pythagorean vegetarians who see it that way, or you have the these uh, Valentinians who think that Zoe is another character in the gospel of John. And you're like, wait, another character. Well, yeah, it does say Zoe. That, that's the word for life. You, you can make that a noun if you want to, 
in the Greek, there's no capital letters. It's like you could make that a noun, if you, I guess, you know. So there's ways to play with the Greek, and like, and then once you play with the Greek, then you can sort of translate it however you want. Mm. Especially when you translate Greek into English, now you have a lot of options. In fact, yesterday, this is crazy. I had on Robin Faith, Faith Walsh, and she told me that this is a new uh, discovery in scholarship. Is that in the Greek for Paul's epistles, every time where it says faith in Jesus, it actually might be saying faith of Jesus, which takes Jesus down from being the godly type. And it's his, his Jesus's faith in God that they're. And so, and then another thing she points to is that when they're talking about the faith of Abraham, it's the same Greek text, exactly the same. But for some reason, when it gets to Jesus, they change it. It's translated as faith of or faith in Jesus. Right. So that changes everything. And, and, and there's early Christians early on, uh, the, um, Ebionites, for example, and a couple other groups that didn't think Jesus was God. They yeah. Okay. Let, so that, let's they get seen that way. I want to run through um, some of these early Christianities as written about in Lost Christianities um, and just get your, and we'll, we'll hit them like one at a time. And you, when we can like do a deep dive in each one of them, I just want to touch a few comments first. Um, someone, uh, Dronknar's Forge um, said, look up the wandering Jew. So this is actually, this is actually an apologetic that was found about the fact that those those uh, will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. There's this like, um, the wandering Jew is a mythical mortal man. <laughs> that, that's like, he's still a Jewish person alive today who's just like 2,000 years old walking around. Like, there's the, the stories about this. Like, people have tried to harmonize this by coming up with stories like the wandering yeah. Jew. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's a story like this in Islam too. There's a, there's like, oh, sages, really? Yeah, there's sages that are like eight, 800 years old or something like that, or 1,000 years old or something. Oh wow! Do you know much about um? Do you know much about uh Islam? Well, not that, not that much. Just just you know, yeah, basic stuff like a little. bit. I've read the Quran actually from, from cover to cover, so I do know. Yeah, what the, I do know what the Quran says, but I'm not like a scholar in Islam or anything. That's um, the Quran's just, really yeah, short. It's very quick read. Very quick read. Easy. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna. Um, I read the Quran as well uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I become friends with them, uh, really good friends with them. Um, a Muslim friend, um, and she, and you know, I was like, well, I'm gonna read. She was going through. Um, she might have been going through Ramadan or something, but I was like, I want to read this. Um, I was blown away by the Quran. To be honest, I was. I thought some parts were incredibly beautiful. Some parts were horrific. Yeah, uh, but. <laughs> um, but uh but i it was it was uh I, I was surprised at what i think i had a really good translation but i was surprised at, at like how how um, how much how much more peaceful it was than i thought it was going to be like it's no more it's no more barbaric than what you find in the bible or anything yeah like, that. like it has well, it's it has its moments but it's like just yeah it's exactly like the bible it's like there's just some moments where you're like whoa what do you mean going yeah. to pagans but then, like yeah. most of it's just like, yeah, Allah, the most merciful, the most great, the most. Oh yeah, mostly that. That's like ninety percent uh, of the Quran is like Allah likes to, Allah. Yeah, <laughs> Allah likes to remind people about um, how merciful He is. Like how merciful. Um, every verse word. starts off Allah, the most merciful. Every verse. Yeah. <laughs> or like the uh, like the the Christian uh, like the Hebrew God um, likes to remind people not to have unleavened bread. Or is it? 
I can't remember. I read the Old Testament yeah, through, yeah. and it was like I was like, how many times does he want to mention not putting yeast in bread? Like oh. I get, I get there, I get, I get it. We get it. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, in Bart Ehrman's fantastic book, Lost Christianities, which I suggest people go check me. out. Yeah, I had that right behind me actually somewhere. Yep. It's uh it's a fantastic um it's a fantastic book. Um and he's got courses um on it um on YouTube you can watch. Um that awesome. I was actually listening to one right before um as I was on my way to the This is actually an yeah. old book too. This was written a while ago. But it's yeah. you're right, it's on point. It is. Well let me like look at this like this lecture that I was watching. Like it's it's all like it's like yeah. I think it was on tape. Like this is like Bart in his prime right here. Like he used to be yeah. He still is the man, but but yeah, yeah, this is vintage. Like this is when he was in his prime form, like crushing, crushing lectures. Like he got famous <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Yeah, written like thirty something books now. But so he mentions um, four sects of Christianity that I had no idea existed. Uh, and I was well, we got thirty five subscribers, guys. Thank you so much for showing up. This is really uh, not thirty five subscribers, thirty five viewers. Thank you guys oh, for nice. showing up. This is nice. that's cool. It, um, yeah, that's 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 big for us. Um, we've had a huge influx of um, I'm not sure if you know, we've had a huge influx of subscribers. And for those who missed the last um, last episode, um, this was uh, let me just turn off the uh, banner. Um, this this is what we look like. Um, one episode, and then this was the next episode, and then this was the next episode, and then I went on Myth Vision with Derek to promote the panel that we got coming up, and then that was what we did. We blew the uh blew the goal out of water and i'm coming yes. up with a charity stream now i think we i think we're, we're not going to do six hours guys i think we're going to do longer i think we're going to do a long long stream and we're going to be raising money for a charity i'm still looking at charities to raise money more or causes to raise money for yeah. and i'm thinking about um uh having like things like you know people can there's different charities people can like vote on and i'm bring on guests and we might play some video games and we might talk about things it's going to be wild I don't want to say 12 hours, but my gut feeling is wouldn't it be cool to do 12 hour stream? But anyway, crazy. Um, so thank you. Thank you all the new subscribers. It's been, um, it's been awesome seeing you guys um, show up and I love it. Uh, talking to you guys in the community. Um, and thank you. D D's, D's one of my favorite people. She's always here. Um, I do. Okay. So let's go through early Christianities. Uh, what we, so we got the Gnostics, the Proto-Orthodox Christianities, the Marcionites, and the Ebionites that I've written down. Yeah, who do you want to talk about first? Uh, well, I want to, the Ebionites is a good start because okay. the, the Ebionites are the closest thing you're going to get to, um, like Judaism. Like they're 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 staying away from all the Platonist, the Middle Platonist ideas that are completely popular. Like that's the fad of the time period, Middle Platonism. Stoicism, mm -hmm. cynicism, those ideas that come from the Greek world, Greco-Roman—they're saying they're trying to stay away from that. They're not completely staying away from that, but like the Ebionites are the closest thing you're going to get to Torah, Torah observant, practicing Jewish people who believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They don't think that Jesus was God. I think they, have, as far as they go, as they say, he was the Son of God. But I don't even know if they even say that. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But I'll, I will say this with with uh, with confidence: He's not God. He's the Messiah. So there's a, so like they have this like traditional view of what the the Messiah before Christianity. If we go to like any of the Dead Sea Scrolls or anything, he's supposed to be the guy who comes and ushers in the kingdom of heaven and you know brings Israel glory and he's the, he's like to like 
not in like a spiritual sense, in like a real world, a like physical, in a like real sense. Like yeah. I am a king going to take the um yeah. the you know to to hold back the Romans to you know like a new Messiah, like a new yeah. Moses Abraham character. He's not God; he's a human being, but he's got God on his side, basically. Like he can just do, mm. he can just ask God to do things for him, type of thing. That's what the Ebionites think of Jesus. And there are a lot of scholars right. that think James is leading this group. Who knows? It looks sounds reasonable. Like ja James, the brother James of Jesus. Is called the brother, yeah, because for whatever reason, because we know we do know from some of the sources that James was leading the Jerusalem church, and the Jerusalem church was most likely the closest thing you're going to get to being like you know the Ebionites or something along those lines. Like we don't know that for sure. It's not like we're like, hey, we're Ebionites and we're here. They don't have a text that says that for sure for certain, but it's probably it could be true. That could be the case. Like I'm, I'm I would speculate on that myself. You know, Ebionites, James, Jerusalem. That's what's happening there, and so they're called her her heretics because they don't believe Jesus is part of this Trinity that they got. Mm. That's and, and obviously this is way later. And way later they're deciding this, and uh, Theodosius decides that Ebionites. Uh, Manichaeans and Mandeans, all those extra groups that are still around in his time, that they either convert to the true faith or kill or hunt them out and kill them. Like they were like seriously a threat to him. So, what what scriptures did the um, Ebionites uh, like? What what scriptures did the Ebionites use? Did they? I, I heard that they didn't utilize Paul. They rejected right. Paul as yeah, rejected Paul. They, Paul's the Paul's going all Paul's the Greek. He's all these yeah. Platonist, Middle Platonist, uh, Asia Minor, Turkey, e Egyptian. They all love Paul, but the Ebionites are like they're sticking to the Bible, sticking to the Old Testament. I don't know if that as far as New Testament gospel stuff, I'm not sure. I'm guessing Matthew, but yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm like I said, I'm guessing. Someone in the comments might know that one. Good question. So, actually, but yeah. So, look, I, just, I said we should go through the um, these these um, groups, but I think first, let's let's rewind a little bit. So, we a lot of people might be wondering. Um, I'm trying to make this very audi uh, very beginner friendly for an audience, but a lot of people sure. might be wondering why didn't they just read the Bible? Well, back then th yes, there was exactly. no Bible. Exactly. Yeah. No. So when just, when was the Bible put together? You have yeah. to realize this in this time period. You have scrolls, individual scrolls floating around on their own so matthew was by itself luke was by itself mark was by itself the, the you know paul's epistles are floating around by themselves and they they weren't called matthew mark luke or john either they were names but, attributed to them in the 14th century i think or they, yeah. they were just anonymous texts no not 14 that's a fourth Oh, fourth. <laughs> yeah. But um, but like, no, no, also, everyone, uh, make sure you go and fact check everything we're saying because yeah. like this, this would be a good jumping off point to go research uh, where we got. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm gonna make some mistakes here tonight for sure. Yeah, but um, ne neither of us are um doctors or yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Like, I'm not. I'm not the authority on this stuff. But I, I just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very much into it. And as far as like, this is one of my areas that I, I I'm talking about a lot on my channel. But um, no, that's a good point because the, these these texts are floating around by themselves, and there's different communities have access to certain texts, so they're reading whatever they have, and so yeah, that's that's that that is that's that's that. I mean, you have you even have some groups that are that are like 
peripatetic, which is like Arist- Arist- Aristotelian or middle or Platonist, and they're and they're actually like reading the old Plato and stuff. Uh, Carpocratians are one of my favorite groups. This is a group of Christians that comes out of Alexandria, Egypt, by a guy named Harpocrates, and he has a son named Epiphanes. This kid dies at 18 years old. They deify him on the island of Cephalonia in Greece. So we have Christians not only worshiping Jesus as a, as a god or someone to worship, and I'll get to that in a second, hold that thought, but they deified this kid named Epiphanes. He becomes a god too. He has his own temple and a library on this island. But not only that, they're, so the way this is what they believe. They believe in yeah. this thing called the, the idea that you attain salvation, not through faith in Jesus, but through attaining esoteric gnosis. Gaining gnosis is what gets you is what gives you salvation. And then once you attain self, uh, the highest form of gnosis, which is apotheosis, you have exited the realm of reincarnation. So everyone's being reincarnated. We're all flawed. You keep reincarnating until you get it right, until you become a sage like Jesus, and then you get deified. And then you're worthy of worship because if you imitate someone who's been deified, you can be like them and you can also become deified. So they had statues. These are the first Christians that we know about that had statues that worships like they had like idol statues like the Greeks would do. They had a statue of Jesus next to Pythagoras and Plato. And they were worshiping all three of them at the same time. So Jesus wasn't. So these are called daemons. They're not like <laughs> they're not like God. They're not like the high, they're not like Zeus, but they're, they're, they're like people who started off human, who attain godhood through Gnosis. So you have them, they're worshiping Plato, they're worshiping Pythagoras, they're worshiping Jesus, and they're worshiping this uh, Epiphanes. I, I'm, I believe Aristotle had a statue too, but like, this is the, this is the whole Greek side of Christianity that we forgot about. And they're that's not crazy. They don't care about the Old Testament. They're not like, eh, what is, who cares about that? That's just, that's just another, like they see, they're, they're, they're looking at the ancient world as every text is something we can look at and, and, and use from. Like you, you can oh. see there's a group of, group of Christians that um, have a text called the uh, Epistle of Zostrianos. They're saying the Zostrianos. And Zostrianos is the grandfather of Zoroaster. So like now we got Zoroastrians coming in, coming in the mix. Like they're all like this. It's a syncretic time for for religion. It's it it's it's like it's so wild. So um, as I take another sip of this beautiful um, wine, um, when was when was the Bible canonized? So I it looks like with a quick um, Google, it was the fifth century. Fifth century, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. fifth century, yeah. Um, and I was so, talking to Jeremiah Coogan about this. Oh, it says three sixty-three. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Four. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Jeremiah Coogan about this, and he said, by the time this comes around, where they're canonizing, it wasn't like they sat there in, in like the split, the heat of the moment, and decided on the spot. By the by, the fourth century, it was already becoming like there was already a network of bishops and like Christians that had like financial resources that were above all these other groups that sort of had this elite status and they were the ones who sort of veered into this what we call orthodox Mm. and like it it happens slowly 
didn't just happen. Yeah. Like it wasn't like one day they sat there and like they didn't know. But Judas, should we pick Judas or should we pick this one? Should we pick like they were already like it was a slow process that led up to that moment. That's what Coogan told me uh, just the other day. Okay, so we have early Christianity, um, and so between uh, when Jesus died in thirty three CE, our first um, our first writings we have, I believe, are Paul. The, yeah. the Apostle Paul, and then you know, thirty to, to seventy years later, we start getting seeing the Gospels. We don't have fragments of those those Gospels until um, I think the first the first full Gospel of Mark is two hundred CE. Like it's like many. No, years it's later, later than that. It's way later. Oh, than really? That. Yeah. yeah. The first full. So, you said? The first. The first like, full, like, full. Yeah, the Mark, first full one is like which is our earliest Gospel. Three twenty five, I want to say. Oh wow! Okay, the first full one. So then we have fragments that are like I think the oldest fragment of a Bible we have is third century. Oh wow! That's how okay. late. That's how late any fragments are. We have um. Like, that's I'm going to think about that for a second. No fragments of the Bible shows up. Well, I shouldn't say shows up. Are are, but... are preserved that we still have that we can touch. Third century, I think, is the oldest. Really? Yeah. I I I, I would some... be shocked if you can see, if you could pull up someone from the second century. If anyone can do that, I'd be shocked. I I've never heard of that yet because there was a guy, and there was a guy, I forgot um Daniel Wallace who thought he had and the Christians were freaking out over this. They finally thought they had a second century text, and it turned out to be a uh it was it was a fraud. It wasn't real. Oh okay. So okay, so yeah, so I'm pretty sure I'm like ninety percent sure the oldest fragment we have is from the third century. Okay, I I did this video on my um, channel at Post Faith, and um, it was the video that I'd spent like three and a half months researching. I got some. I got uh, Joshua Bowen, um, a seriologist who who knows more about the Old Testament. He said, but oh, yeah. he did check it over, um, and I used the reference the some two two Christian textbooks, like two of the major Christian textbooks, to come up with this, but. Um, so I talk about how, like, you know, there's 45,000 denominations of Christianity and how do we get them all. But where I, I what do I do? I, I drew up like a, what we have. Okay, here we go. So I talk a little bit about it. Um, so this is what I wrote. This is what I had down. I don't know if you can see that. So. Oh, yeah. Just this is. Through 256 is the, that Dura you wrote. Early... Yeah. So it is third. Yeah. So oh, okay, just, cool. So yeah, that's a good. That, that I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, yeah sweet. So this looks like. So this is what I had um, written down. So we got like Jesus crucified, Mark written in sixty-five. I gave very conservative numbers, by the way. Um, John written down earliest section, which was you know P fifty-two, which is one twenty-five CE, but it's only like a credit card size thing. Um, and then we go to. Our earliest copy of Mark, you're right, was 375, was it? And we don't even get a list of the complete New that, Testament that John books until... One, that John one is the one I think I just looked up, the 256. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But um, if you go, if I go back just a little bit, da, 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 sorry. Yeah, so you see here, even, even uh, with the, the textbooks that I used here, you've got like... 300 years <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah like before the bible is like actually before we even have a complete copy of like what we're talking about like a surviving copy but we know that they were written earlier but anyway that's that's beyond on point so 
so we have so the, the Bible's canonized. So I'm just trying to like formalize this a little bit, and then we have the Ebionites, the Gnostics, Proto-Orthodox, and Marcionites. So the Ebionites, what did they accept, and what didn't they accept from from the Bible that we have today? Um, I'm get like I'm I'm get I, I'm pretty 99 sure the Hebrews was like their central epistle text. Hebrews, okay, and um, and outside of that, like obviously no Paul. And I, I I think Matthew is their go-to gospel, but I'm not, okay. I, I can't, I'm not really sure if we even know that or not. If we even, can, yeah. I don't think we have any like text that says what they had or what they were, what they were into, but, um, but they, but, but this is for sure though. They were old Testament observant people. They were into the old Testament. They were into uh, Isaiah, Torah, all that stuff. Whereas they, some, some of these other Christians weren't. They were strict vegetarians. Is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, and they wore, they, yeah, they had like a dress code and all that stuff. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. And the Ebionites are kind of seen as like the Jewish Christians, and like some sects call them the Jewish Christians, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. Probably the best way to describe them. Uh, awesome. Whereas on the flip side of that, on the if you want to go complete opposite to what we see with them, there's these group. There's a group called the Nasins. That word "nas" means means snake in Hebrew, and they have a oh, okay. leader. They have a leader called the Nasim preacher. They are in Turkey, which is which was Phrygia back then, and they mm-hmm. thought that all these old gods, Osiris, Attis, uh, Dionysus, uh, Orpheus, even he was not even a god; he's a person. They thought that the Christ was living through them, and that. They what they really what what they were really trying to find when they were worshiping these older gods from in like Osiris in Egypt and uh you know uh, Addis in Phrygia they were really looking for the Christ and he's the real one but they have a hymn to Addis this is from the Nasian preacher we don't know his real name we just know him as the Nasian preacher he was super famous in his time everyone loved him he was super popular and he had a hymn it was a Homeric hymn to Addis. And he just crossed off the name Addis and put Jesus on it, basically. So he was they were singing this hymn to Addis, and they were applying it to Jesus. So these, instead of having the Old Testament like the like the Ebionites, they're looking at Greek Greek mythology stuff or, or Egyptian mythology, and they're applying that to Jesus. I'll fix this in a second. So yeah, yeah. So th- there's a lot going on there. There's a there's they were so different from each other. Wow. So, it's so wild. It's just so wild to me. So, we have the Ebionites. Then, the next sect that we have is the uh, the Gnostics that are written down. The Gnostics were are probably the most popular. Is that right? Like, of the... Well, the, that's non- the thing. The, the Gnost, when we, when we say Gnostic, we're probably talking about Sethians and Valentinians. Yeah. Or okay. or even Carpocratians, because the the term Gnostic, nobody actually called themselves Gnostics, by the way. So yeah. I'll, I'll go through what what people mean when they say that. So I, mm-hmm. I talked about Sethians already, and their their text is that uh, Apocryphon John, the Valentinians, mm-hmm. same thing. This is these are people who don't think that faith comes from or uh, salvation comes from faith. It comes through gnosis, which is where you get Gnostic it means knowledge. Carpocratians, I just mentioned them. They believe that when you attain the highest gnosis, you ex- escape. You escape the. Um, hold on one second. Let me just. Well, you escape through the uh, reincarnation cycle, and you uh, come through 
and you become a god. So everybody's everybody's journey is to becoming a god. Just like the knowledge. That's why the tree of knowledge is so big for them. You want to bite that knowledge because you want to get your start aiming towards being a god. The the serpent never lied, they said. The Nascenes, same thing. That's why they're called the Nascenes. They're serpent. They said that Christ was the serpent on the cross because in the Old Testament, Moses holds up the um, serpent on a stick when they're mm-hmm. in the desert. And, and he saves them from, from the snake bites. He said, mm-hmm. if you look at the snake, you'll be saved. Well, in the same sense, the knowledge of Jesus on the cross will save you as well. But you also, you know, there was this idea that Christ is the serpent. So be like Jesus and you'll attain Gnosis. Um, they, so you have that. And then you have this group called the Basilide- Basilideans. And the, the, this is probably the, the, your prototypical Gnostic. Like if anyone was going to call themselves Gnostic, it would be these guys. And there's they have a, a teacher called Basilides, early second century uh, Jew, uh, Alexandrian teacher. And so he had this wild, wild idea of a. So there was called it was called the Great Archon, and the universe started off with nothing, and then it sprang forth from the universe was this Great Archon, and his name his name is Abraxas. The logo of my channel there is right there. Uh, go up, <laughs> go up a, one more to the right, to the right. That one, that's Abraxas. The logo of my channel, Gnostic Informant, is Abraxas. So this guy Basility said that Abraxas is the great archon. Now, what does he mean by this? What is this? What's going on here? Abraxas is he's like reality incarnate. So he has a Dramatria in Greek of 365. 365 days of the year for a, for a solar calendar. He has seven letters in his name, which is the seven days of the week. If you multiply the consonants and vowels, you get 12, which is the months of the year. So he's a time god. But he also has the head of a bird, body of a man, legs of a serpent, which means he's air, land, and water. So he's the elements and he's the time. He's everything. He's the all. But so, and the idea was that this great archon believed or decided that he realized, he got knowledge that he was not the highest God, that there was gods above him. So he teaches this knowledge to his son who's at the right hand. And then Jesus, he, and so in this, and they, the Basilideans believed that Jesus, the same story, that he lived in Jerusalem or lived in Nazareth, got killed in Jerusalem. But they thought that in Jesus's lifetime, he wasn't teaching anything that you were hearing in the Gospels. He was teaching about this great archon. So they have a different belief on Jesus, that Jesus taught about the great archon. And it's the knowledge of ascension, to ascend and realize that there is a power higher than you. and You have to climb this ladder, basically. It's really weird and confusing, but that's just, that's just probably the best I'm going to be able to describe it. It probably made no sense to anybody, but it doesn't make sense. No, it's really no, weird. that. So it's such so rich, and and the, so I just want to point out um, again, reiterate: these are Christians, okay? Like a lot of people, like it's it's easier to cut yeah, compartmentalize these. It's like weird. Basil yeah. said he was a student of John. He said he was a right. direct. He claimed to be a direct student of John. So he's not wow. like, he's not claiming to be some other thing. He's saying, yeah, yeah, one of those, one of his disciples, that, that one, John, that's my teacher, you know, and Marcion claimed to be a student of Paul. And so all these, all these people that I'm, all these people that I'm naming are claiming to be like from the line of teaching that goes back to yeah. Jesus. 
they're not they're not outside of like they're not outsiders that's really important. so yeah it's super important so i just looked up i remember when i did the course uh lost christianities um i got given a pdf that like summarized each of the groups really well and we're obviously talking about about the basili uh Basilidians, sorry Basilidians, yeah. uh who were, who were gnostic but there are other sects of gnosticism obviously yeah. but um I've written down some points that I'll just I'll just read out and we can kind of comment comment on them as we go. But um, so Gnostic is dualistic in that Gnostic religions were uh, essentially dualistic, understanding all reality to be divided into two fundamental components of matter, which was evil. So physical bodies were evil and spirit, which was good. The true God, the ultimate divine being, was complete spirit and therefore was not only unknown to humans, who acquired knowledge through their material sense, but unknowable. The divine realm, a series of myths, uh, different myths for different Gnostic religions, explains how one spiritual god propagated other spiritual deities known as aeons. Is that right? Aeons, yeah. Which take aeons, it, which it uh, ages in Greek, ages. Oh, okay. Uh, which taken together uh, constituted the divine realm, the pleroma, uh, meaning fullness. Um, Few more. The full the fall and creation, moreover, these myths explain how one of the Aeon's disastrous conceptions of an imperfect divine being took place. This imperfect divine being came to be removed from the pleroma. Oh, I'm so bad at reading. Pleroma, I've got dyslexia, I swear. And as an evil act, created the material world. So this material world that we live in today is like an evil place created by an evil deity. That's one thing that is like a thread, a common thread among all these so-called Gnostic groups is that the material world is something to be against. It's evil. Mm-hmm. You know, flesh is evil. That's all, that's that's common thread throughout. Even, not even just the Gnostics, the Christians think this way too. The Christians are waiting for heaven. They're not waiting to, like they're, yeah. it's, it's sort of a common, that's like, yeah, that's the common thread. Among yeah, these. the current Christians, it's kind of like a watered down version of this. Like, yeah, so, um, they point. they talk about Gnosticism talk about a divine spark. Um, the uh, the resident evil being captured the mother deity and imprisoned her uh, here in human bodies. Humans have sparks of divine within them. The Gnostic system is designed to show how they can be liberated. So, I I heard Bart Ehrman say that it was seen as like almost a bad thing to bring children into this world because you're creating you're creating material matter that then divine sparks would have to go into, right? To, yeah, to there were, it was actually common in the in Phrygia, which is where these Nascenes were, which makes sense that they're following Addis because in the Addis cult, they had a what was called the Day of Blood. It was in March. It was on March 25th. Right? It's kind of weird. Right around Easter time, they have a Day <laughs> of Blood. Three days after the Day of Blood is the Day of Washing. So you had this three-day thing happening. The day, on the day of blood, they would castrate themselves. They would cut off their testicles and throw it away. And it was like devoting themselves to the God. But you had this idea in Christianity where you're gonna, you want to be celibate. You want, you're not, you're, you're, you're waiting for the end of the world. Like there's no reason to have children. Like devote yourself to God now, and that's it. Like forget about the world. The world is evil. And like you, do you know what I mean? And the, you see this mentality today. And it's, which is why it's very dangerous for like climate change for Christianity because they they don't care about the future. 
They don't care about the planet. They're, they're like, they're waiting for any day now. The world's going to any day now. It could be tomorrow. So it's not just the Gnostics that thought this way. You know, it's so I used to make this really poor joke when I was, um, but around, it was when I was a youth pastor or when I was nearly a youth pastor, I used to make this joke about climate change, right? And I used to say, because I didn't think too much about it, but uh, obviously as a Christian, I guess I was more influenced to be not really caring about climate change, even though I don't know why that's the case. It just seems to be part of the zeitgeist, I guess, of Christianity. But the, so I would say that, have you ever, I'd say to you know everyone, I'm like, have you ever cleaned up your room? And they're like, this is a joke, by the way. Have you ever cleaned up your room? And they're like, yeah. And like, have you ever cleaned up your room when it's been really, really messy and it feels really good after that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, so, and I say, so it feels better when it's been really messy and you clean it up, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, and God can do anything like just like that. To clean a messy room or to clean like an easy room, it's much easier. And he's like, yeah. Uh, it's it's the same level of skill. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, so we should make this this world as messy as possible because then when G- when God cleans it all up and turns it into a new earth, he'll feel so much more satisfied. That was like a the joke. Like, let's just pollute this earth. Wow. It, you know, who, who God's gonna love it, right? Like that it was a joke. Yeah, it was stu- anything, but yeah, yeah, no, it was it. stupid. Yeah, it was stupid, but it, it just showed the lack of uh, the lack of care for for the environment um, uh, for me anyway. Like I, I didn't I didn't take climate um, uh, climate change uh, to be serious or global. Yeah, if you believe in Christianity, there's no reason to care about climate change. Yeah, this this, this world is a those two things conflict with each other completely. Either you're, yeah. either you're ready for the end of the world, or you're or you're not a Christian, and then you care. And in that case, you do care about climate change. Shout out to my little brother who was going to go to university. And I said to him, Lenny, what good is a university degree in heaven? Right. And then he didn't go. And now like 10 years later, he's got wow, he's that. Yeah, 10 years later, he's nearly finished his university degree. And we laugh about it. And I've gone to university as well. And we both laugh about how stupid I was. Um, <laughs> there's actually, actually my church counselor at the time, I had a church counselor and she said to me, that she didn't go to university to get a psychology degree because she was taught by the church, don't go to university because Jesus is coming back in the next few years. And she said, don't believe it. <laughs> you know, like just go to university because yeah. it was in the seventies that she was told this. Right. So, and she was yeah. like, now at that there's age, she thousands, was 50. There's thousands of end times failed predictions by, by high up high level Christians that were famous in their time period, starting all the way in the first century until now. Like it's just, oh, wow. there's, there's a list where it just, it's crazy. And they're still doing yeah. it. You still have like your every, your, your, whoever your famous Baptist t- uh, Christian on YouTube today is just saying he's probably has a date somewhere that he's talking about 2025. Don't worry. It's coming. That date's <laughs> going to come around and then that guy will change it to something else. He'll figure out a way to make another one, but that, that keeps happening. Yeah. yeah. Same of the I'm I'm uh, I'm in talks at the moment having some Jehovah's Witnesses on, so that's going to be a, a wild ride because they're predicted officially predicted the end of the world like ten times now, or more <laughs> maybe. Um, so just to quickly finish this off, um, divine sparks came through acquiring the true knowledge uh, where the spark came from, how it can be, um, how it came to be here, and how to escape. So they didn't believe Jesus was. They didn't believe you got saved through what Jesus did. They believe that you got saved through gaining the knowledge. That's right. right. Yeah. That's 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 the main thing that makes a difference between a Gnostic and a, you know, today's proto proto orthodox Christian. Yeah. Um, knowledge cannot come by natural means. However, uh, it, um, it can come 
only from above if a divine aeon comes down to impart the knowledge. Christ in the Christian Gnostic systems. And types of human. This is the part that blew me away. The knowledge is secret. It is not for everyone because not everyone has a spark. Some people were pure animals. Others had pos um, had some possibility of an afterlife through faith and good works, so normal Christians. Uh, only some had the possibility of a fantastic afterlife in return, um, in the return of the realm of God whence they had come, the Gnostics. So some humans were, were seen without divine sparks. They were just seen as evil. Yeah. Uh, or not evil, sorry. They were just seen as, well, mm. I guess they were because they were made of matter. They were just seen yeah, as they, like animals. They, they yeah. saw you as an animal. Like you were no different wow. than the deer that just ran by. It's wild. Crazy. And um, I'm so glad that this didn't, can you imagine the racism that would be around if this like stuck around? Like if this was like a main stream, it would be horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because of the, bo the body was a prison to be escaped, Gnostics adopted a particular ascetic approach to life. So they, they didn't believe in drinking fine wine. Um, I they imagine were, they, were, or, they were very cynical too. They were cynics. They lived outside in the elements. Some of them yeah. lived in the desert. Some of them lived on. There was a Christian who lived on a pillar for I forgot how long, for years on top of a like a pillar, like you know, like the col Roman columns. He climbed on top of one and lived on it and had people bring him food and water. Do you know what he's called? I wonder if there's any yeah, paintings uh, on it. Christian, look up Christian that lived on pillar. It, it'll come right up. That's amazing. It's years so, too. It's a long time. <laughs> What's even amazing on, is the, this. You find what is this that? image? This is so. That's him with this big serpent around him too. That's funny. So his name is I Simeon, love... and he lived on a on a on a what is it? How long does it say? It says. Uh, um, for thirty-seven years. Thirty-seven. No, no that's what. That's probably true, because it was wow. such. He was so famous. People came from all over the Roman Empire to see him. Is this this can't be the actual tower, can it? It might be. I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not really sure. It could be. Look at. We'll see what it says. See, there he is. He's sitting on his. <laughs> these. This is Christianity, guys. This is Christianity. Like I'm just trying to highlight. This is what I do on my channel. I try to highlight the early Christians were into some crazy ideas. And wow. it, 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 it just kind of calmed down. That's all that really happened. It just kind of calmed down. Because you want to know why? Because the Roman Empire corporatized it the first corporation is the catholic church <laughs> it, it operates exactly like a, a, a corporation does because you know how a corporate if you like like you become a corporate uh you become a franchiser of like a mcdonald's you have to do what mcdonald's wants you to do in your you yeah yeah you can't just start. this is how the catholic church is like it's a corporation yeah they corporatized it wow but like before that, before that corporatization happened, there was wild ideas floating around. And these are people that believed in Jesus, that were Christians, just like you would call your, you know, uh, uh, inspiring philosophy a Christian. Like they're, these are just Christians. Yeah. They're not like, hey, I'm a Gnostic. Like, that's why I, nah, try, to, I, I try to hammer that point off. Like, because the Gnostic thing is like, it makes them a different religion. They're not. They're, they're the same. It's the same religion. Just different, different views on the religion. You know what I mean? Just like a, a Baptist but, and an evangelical are two different, but they're still Christians. Like it's this, it's just like that. My, Michael Jones of Inspiring Philosophy is a friend of he's mine, good. and he's been been on the channel before. He's a great guy. Yeah, and, I've had him um, on my channel, so he's good. Cool. Yeah, he's cool. I think um, 
I'd be interested to get his um, perspective on this conversation because what I th- what I, I like, I, but I, what I think, oh, what did he say? I I, I couldn't get him to get like I, I'm like so. What makes you think that the orthodoxy is the true way that Jesus wanted everyone to? What makes you believe that? Like what? And he just was like, mm. well, I, I don't really know. I just kind of like he's like if if God's in control, he's gonna make sure the right one wins out. Oh yeah, sure, okay, really. Gotcha. Yeah, he says something. He, really he says something along. I'm paraphrasing something along the lines. Yeah, of like, yeah. The right one would always win out, no matter what. I'm like, okay, yeah. Because, like, you know, you don't know. You, for all you know, Jesus could have been the guy on the, on the pillar. He could have been like that. Could have been the type of Christian he wanted you to be. You know. Yeah. Everyone, make sure you go subscribe to Gnostic Informant. Um, the the um and listen to this conversation. Um, I'm sure it'll be it'd be awesome to. Yeah, to, we were talking about to. Saturnalia, and because he made a video that Saturnalia has nothing to do with Christianity, and I'm like, yeah, mm, I don't know about that. But I will. I did say I agree with him on some because some people have their anti-Christian bias that want to say Saturnalia or Christian copied Saturnalia. Christmas copied. Mm. That's not true. Christmas didn't copy Saturnalia, but they do. Yeah. They do borrow some elements from the the tradition of the holidays of like decking your house with wreaths and giving presents. And I just wanted to, I wanted to like, you know, talk to him about that. And he was a great, yeah, we, we had a good conversation about that. He's cool. He's a cool guy. Like I, I've, I've mentioned before too, that he, um, he's a Christian apologist. And every time he comes on, we're drinking scotch together. And then there's a Satanist that wants to come on. He wants to drink tea and bake me pumpkin scones. So it's just this, I love this, dich- this dichotomy that I've created on deep drinks where the Christian apologist is like straight scotch and the Satanist is like tea and scones. Um, <laughs> it's so good. But um, so, so make sure you go subscribe to uh, Nosk Informant. Links in the description. Uh, and also, I just wanted to quickly shout out the channel, um, my channel. It's it's we, we we're doing some really cool stuff. I'm just I'm I've got some more people I haven't announced um, coming on soon. Um, we've got uh, Dr. Jennifer Bird uh, talking about holy oh, yeah, gender, a bunch of times, sexuality and marriage, and because she, she's going to come on. Um, before we do the panel on slavery and the panel, the, the little thing that you see at the bottom, make sure you subscribe and share major panel coming up. That is this panel, which is a panel on slavery. It'll be the go-to resource for any conversation to do with slavery. We have five Bible scholars, all with expertise in this area, who are going to be talking about what was Bible slavery, how did it look yeah. different from slavery um, today, um, how does it, uh, how did it, uh, what did the Hebrew version of slavery look like? What was cre- early Christianity's response? Second Temple Judaism, and we will um, we will be addressing directly the apologetics found within the works of Jordan Peterson, Frank Turek, William Lane Craig, GotQuestions.com, Mike Winger, John McRae, um, Alan Parr, Paul Copen, uh, Paul Douglas, um, uh, Paul Wilson, sorry, Capturing Christianity, John Waller Wallace, Answers to Genesis, and the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. We will be addressing them directly, and I want everyone to make sure you s- you send out this video and you tag any of these people in there because I want them to know that the Bible scholars are coming, and we're going to be addressing the apologetics um, that they often use to make it seem like slavery was the fun little tickly type of slavery where, you know, you get tickled, wow. tickled to bed and yeah, you, you should see the way that um, Paul Copen talks about just, just to do a random aside here. I'm sorry. I'm, I get very passionate about this. Remember these are human beings, people um, that Paul Copen describes getting um, like having 
your, your slaves be passed on as inheritance to your children. The way he describes that in his book, okay, is a safe haven, okay? Um, so he's talking about um, someone owning a slave as property, right? And then passing on that slave as inheritance. Now, after seven, uh, after the slave has paid off his debt, he can choose to leave. In this instance, not in all instances, but in this instance. However, if he wants to bring his family with him, that that has been that he's gotten, you know, his wife and kids, um, he has to. He can't. He can't take his his. Th those slaves are stuck there with the slave master forever, and he can choose to stay with them, but they have to. But then, as a result, he has to become a slave to the master for life. Right. This is you can't retract this. And the way they determine this is they drive an all through the ear and they're like, like you get tagged, like a cattle gets tagged in a yard. That's and then now that slave is the um, property of the slave owner for life and can be passed on to that slave's um, children as inheritance. OK, wow. this is in the Bible. Right. This is the way Paul Copenhagen describes this. Um Kidnapping slaves was also prohibited. So serving with Israelite households was to be a safe haven for any foreigners. It was not to be used as an oppressive setting, but offered economic and social stability. I'm doing this for every part I've highlighted. Fourth was seen that the Hebrew servant in Exodus 21-2 um, could well uh, have been an outsider who came um, to the resident alien and to be released in the seventh year, presumably to go back to his country of or origin. However, he could make the arrangement permanent if um, he loved his master slash employer uh, and wanted to stay under his care, given the security and provision of the room and the uh, um, and board the landless aliens, this arrangement could apparently be extended into the next generation. Um, this setup wasn't to be permanent unless the servants chose to stay with the master. Perhaps many people would um, be reasonably happy to settle um, settle uh, to settle for being long-term or lifelong servants. Servants do count as part of the family. Once, um, uh, one can even imagine people who um, stared off, uh, sorry, who started off as debt servants, volunteering to become permanent servants because they love, love the master and his household. That is how it's described by Paul Copen in his book, uh, Is God a Moral Monster? Absolutely. <laughs> disgusting in my opinion so it's literally, go... it's literally living up to what apology means like apologists yeah apologizing for how bad this is because that's not what apologetics originally meant but like it's sort of like it's ironic how that those that word becomes an actual apology now for something mm. like you're actually apologizing for how bad it is yeah so we're going to have, you know, five Bible scholars and we're going to be systematically going through exactly what this, this is. And I'm, I'm hoping that, is that all star cast, it. dude, that it is, is. I've it never, really is. that's better than I've ever done my entire channel. Ever. Yeah. I, that's the amazing. only way I pull this off is through Dr. Josh, who's Dr. just Josh is great. Amazing. So make sure we, I'm going to, I'm going to be constantly tweeting this out until I'm blocked by these people. Um, I want to make sure that everyone knows that, that we're going to be addressing their arguments um, and that we're going to be giving a consensus and historically accurate um, view of slavery in the Old Testament and the um, New Testament and, and, and how that impacted the world, you know? Like, there were a lot of... Just to wrap this up, there are a lot of people in the um, slavery um, of uh, the Americas and, and Australias and, and Europe and stuff who said, 
well, we have to be able to beat our slaves. We have to be able to beat them because the Bible says you can beat your slave. Right. As long as they don't die within a few days. Yeah, just don't kill them. Yeah, just don't kill them. You have to be able to beat your slave because what else do they have, right? Like how they, you couldn't take away their payment because they weren't paid. You couldn't take away their food because you needed to feed them. Like, you, so you had to be able to beat them. And this was the arguments that were given for the slave trade. Um, and it was, it's directly pulled from the Bible. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible thing to think about. And I'm glad that yeah, most Christians want to draw that. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, that is wild. So everyone make sure subscribe, get, get notified. I am like, if you've got a wedding, um, you know, postpone the wedding to come to this live event. If you've got a, you know, you know, do, do whatever you can do to, to come to this event. And we are going to um, be, be, yeah, we're, we're going to be uh, really going deep into this. Uh, even though it's, it's a talk, if not, it's just a panel on slavery. It's like, who cares? But it's like, no, like, well, it's important. The, it's an important discussion to have. There are 50 million slaves and, today. And if, if there wasn't like Christians, if there wasn't mainstream popular Christians trying to apologize for this stuff, then it wouldn't be that I wouldn't say like it'd be a big deal, but it is. Like we mm. have uh in like pe- like we have Christians who are popular who are teaching young kids growing up in the church that you know this is this this was this was, this was okay, guys. It was all normal. Mm. God had it in control. So yeah, yeah, Owen's doing good work. Bowen's doing great work. Oh, he's, um, yeah, uh, great guy. Um, okay, so moving on to, um, so we've gone through the Ebionites, we've gone, we've touched on the Gnostics. What about the Proto-Orthodox? Did the Proto-Orthodox, is is that just what we see today? Or do so, they have some different beliefs? Do they develop over time? Yeah, no, what we, what we call Proto-Orthodox would just be like Justin Martyr and Irenaeus, uh, Hippolytus, you know, the, the guy... The, and like they're they don't call themselves proto-orthodox obviously they don't know they're going to be the orthodox they don't know they're not reading the future but because it's hindsight 2020 because we're looking back and saying the, the justin martyr's ideas line up with the later church therefore he was the proto-orthodox i i personally don't like that that phrase because it's like it's implying that like certain christians had it right other christians didn't it's like Justin Martyr. Justin Martyr is the guy who said that we're, we're worshiping Jesus the same way you worship Jupiter or Hermes or Mercury or like, don't, you know, don't, don't pick on us. We're just little poor little Christians. But like his ideas become, he becomes a saint and obviously becomes Porter Orthodox. But like at the time they weren't calling themselves Orthodox. They were just Christians like everyone else. He mm. had his own ideas. Other Christians had their own ideas. It just happens to be that the elitist Christians that had the bishops and the churches and the ecclesia and the, the, the network of, of funding coming from the Roman empire and the, and they were the, they had, they had uh, the power. So they become the orthodoxy and that's just how it is. It could, it could have, it could have, it could have turned out any other way. It just happens to be so literally like a coin flip. Like it doesn't really matter. The, the hindsight is we're, we're looking back now and deciding who was orthodox based off, what the church decided yeah so there wasn't like there wasn't like um there wasn't like we are the proto-orthodox and they have like yeah, no, a no special one, like, never, stamp. Yeah, no one yeah. ever said proto because like they don't even know there's a church coming they they think the church is already here they think all, all christians are part of the church in that time period you know what i mean so they're yeah. they're not like oh they're not, they're not like distancing themselves from other christians they might disagree with their ideas but they're all like like valentinus is the prime example of a heretic 
who's called a Gnostic now, but was so famous and popular that he was like one, like second or third most po- powerful Christian in the Roman Empire in his time. And he was like the authority of Christianity during his time period. Almost became Bishop of Rome. So he could have wow. easily he could have easily been the Orthodox guy, but he's now he's a heretic. Now he's a Gnostic because because we said so. So is is Irenaeus? You mentioned Irenaeus. Was that right? Yeah. Um, was he the one that when he was imprisoned, he was he was getting put to death and fed to the lions? Was that the one that was going to get fed to the lions by Rome? You yeah, I think that could be the guy. I'm not 100 percent sure. Because they're there, all there was... and, and we don't know for sure that all these stories like all these later renditions of these martyrdoms get told about any Christian and like yeah, they could have it could have happened. But you, you, it also you... was like a, a, a legendary thing to be a martyr. And everyone's when 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 you're telling a story about a person that lived hundred years ago. It's it's quite odd. It's quite common that there's a legend. You you you're you're gonna insert some legends into that story. That's just how the ancient yeah. was. So a lot of these martyrs are like, eh, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. Peter, well, that's. I, I'm glad that you brought that up because um I, I actually have um Dr. Kyle Smith coming on, who's been a guest um panel uh, guest um blogger on Bart Ehrman's blog. He's recently written this book, uh, Cult of the Dead: A Brief History of Christianity, which goes into all how Christianity is a cult of the dead. It's a cult of yeah. Um, yeah, not yep. in a not not in a not in a bad way or a negative way, but it's about you know martyrs are the ones p- people who died for their faith are the ones who essentially set up Christianity, and that was kind of the call to Christians is to 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 lay down your life on behalf thing, of the cross. Yeah, the greatest thing you can yeah. do as a Christian is lay down your life for the the you know for the for the for the for Christ or you know yeah. So yeah, it's, in um, sense it's like a death cult in a way. He, I, 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 I emailed him and he just replied, I hope you like uh, tequila. Um, so <laughs> it's gonna, straight to well, you know you said You were asking about Irenaeus. I think it's Justin Martyr who gets feeds. Oh, it's Justin Martyr. Yeah. Justin Martyr, that's right. Yeah. And those two commonly get mixed, get mixed up with each other because they're both, they both write about similar subjects. They're both writing about like heresies and they're both like apologists and defending like dueling dueling with pagans of the time period like Celsus, for example and so yeah they're both they get they, those two get uh mixed up a lot there's um he said something he says something that just blew me away but I, I bought his his teachings in a book form because it and that's why i turned off the camera just a second ago i was trying to look for it i picked up marcus aurelius meditations instead because i thought it was there but it's not but um but he said something that was so incredible to me. Was it the Jupiter? He said, thing? "No." He said, "It's be- it's beautiful in in a sick way." But he said he was getting he was getting taken to Rome to be fed fed to the lions in like the uh, as like a form of like pun- punishment, um, but also like you know uh, as a as a show for everyone. And um, he got thrown. He, he wrote to the Church of I think Rome, and he said, "Do not try and stop it." to them and he said and also do not take my body let me be food to the lions essentially it's been a while since i've read it i was trying to find the quote i can't find it and he said then he said only then will i become a true disciple of jesus christ and i was like whoa i was like that blows my mind that that level of faith you can't well admire that level of like you know you probably had no other options there's a gospel of andrew called the gospel of andrew and andrew is like the prime example of how to be a martyr 
because Andrew, he's, he gets put on a cross and they're like, they offer to take him down and, and let him live. And he says, no, he says, yeah, this is the highest thing I can do. I know I'm going to be with, you know, God now. Like, so like those, like the gospel of uh, Andrew is like f- circulating and it's a very popular text and it's influencing people. Like that's the thing about media, movies, music. Like we we have the power to like influence minds when we put stuff out there. You know what I mean? Like, and so at the at that time period, Andrew was like, "This is how this is how you be a real Christian. You go to the church willing. You, you go to the cross willingly. Like, and that yeah. that was that was what people were doing. You know, I thought it was cool. It's yeah. It believed, I mean, you know? it's hard not to get inspired by people who believe believe in their cause so much that they 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 put themselves into these yeah, situations I don't, and i don't i don't deny that about christians early on that they believe because a lot of christians will say if they didn't really believe this stuff they wouldn't be doing it and i'm like okay i don't deny that they believed it i just oh, of course i'm just saying i don't know if they're right about it like that's I a whole, mean, a no, whole different look, thing right there you know i'm sorry to get super dark but like the people who flew planes in the buildings in 9 11 they they believe what they believe like they didn't they no. weren't just like nah, i've been unsure about the 72 virgins in heaven i'm just like they they really believe what they believe and that, like and that that's the thing about religion is like if you're gonna believe in it then do you like what there was a famous um if you're gonna believe in it fly planes in the buildings like that's a bad there, joke there's a famous that. passage i forgot which it's a it's a pre-socratic philosopher I forgot his name. It might be Anaxagoras. I'm just throwing that for some reason that name's popping in my head. And uh, he went the Orphics. By the way, the Orphics are the the original religion to believe in like eternal life ideas and initiation and like being like saved salvation it's salvation religion. And the, he he um he was observing a bunch of Orphics and he was talking to him. They, they were telling him like. Oh, you could have eternal life if you do this, 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 and this. And I think it's Anaxagoras, but it could be. Well, I'll just say Anaxagoras. Anaxagoras said, "Then why are you still here? Why don't you just kill yourself and just go to your heaven?" And, and like, and I, and I love that text because it's like, like if you really believe this, what? Why aren't you like going? You know what I mean? Why aren't you going all, all to the wall? Like, why don't you do it? Like, you, like it, it, it shows you something about. There are always is going to be a little bit of a doubt because like Christians are still living in this world, they're still attending their jobs, they still have their families, they're still planning for their future, they're still doing all this stuff. But like, wait a minute, doesn't that mean you don't really believe? So there's this weird thing that, like that's that's a, a a reality that a lot of Christians don't think about. Yeah, there's my favorite. Um, when I was um, I'm going on guys, I'm going on um, um, oh, this wine is hitting me. Um, oh my gosh, why am I Godless Engineers channel? Um, Godless Engineer channel this week, but one of the one of the funniest things he when he came on uh, this channel, he goes, Oh, so do you guys have you know, because I was talking about my past with Pentecostal snake healers and uh, Pentecostalism, and he goes, Oh, do you guys have snake healers, you know, in Australia? And I said, Oh, no, I think that's pretty much an American phenomenon. He laughed, he said, Oh, he's like, Yeah, that sounds about right, but um. But yeah, it's it's funny because like the, that's what the snake handlers do, right? They, yeah, they those go back snake. to the that goes back to the Nasines. The Nasines, oh, okay, and the Nas and the Nasines, serpent people. I mean, Nas being serpent in Hebrew, they were uh, they adopted this idea from the Orphics of what's called the Bacchic revelry. And then the book of Acts, you get this, this verse about um, speaking, everyone's speaking in tongues. And then mm. the, the one guy's like, Are they drunk? 
But like that was a real thing that Christians were doing early on. And this there was this idea of the Holy Spirit entering you and then you are taken over by the spirit and you start speaking in tongues and you can let snakes bite you and you'll be fine because the spirit has you. And that the, those ideas are that was well attested in the ancient world, not just by Christians, but by the Orphics and by the Eleusinian mysteries and the, the Bacchic, uh, the all those a lot of mystery religions were doing stuff like that early on. Christians start doing it too, um, and uh, and you see it today with the Pentecostal people. So there, those <laughs> ideas are not new or not just American, but it is interesting that you only see it in America now. The, you only see the uh, the snake healers, yeah. The the it's yeah. funny, um, you know, because that that verse in in John is as you'll pick up, you'll drink poison and and be bitten by snakes, and you won't, uh, you, you will not die. That wasn't in the original manuscripts; it was a later adaptation. So when these people are getting whizzed off to hospital, um, Bart Ehrman makes the joke like, I, "I wonder if someone should point out to them like, hey, that that verse wasn't initially in the original Greek, like, because." Yeah. Um, not to say, look, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that your Bible's wrong and it's not, you know, whatever. But it's just like I'm, I'm just, I'm not stating a prescription or anything. I'm just saying it's, it's a fact that it wasn't in the original manuscripts. Um, yeah. So, or it the probably explains why a lot of these people the died. Trinity. There's no Trinity. There's nothing about the Trinity in the in the New Testament. There's no that word Trinity doesn't exist. And the closest verse you're going to get to a Trinity is First John five seven. And if you can compare the King James to the NIV. You'll be like, one of them is a full paragraph. The other one's one sentence. The NIV has the right translation based on the manuscripts. But what happened is in the time of um, who wrote the uh, Texas Receptus, uh, Rasmus, Erasmus, Erasmus was putting together what's called the majority text, Texas Receptus. He was putting together all the manuscripts into one mega Bible in Greek. He could not find one manuscript that said that there was going to be that there's a trinity, that all three of these, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all one. So there was only in Latin this this extra lengthy first John 5 7 verse only in shows up in Latin. And Erasmus is like, no, I'm looking at the Greek here. I'm not trying to mess with these newer Latin Vulgate stuff. And so the the his his contemporary was like, just make it happen here. He gave him a right. he gave him a fake manuscript, and so that that verse, First John five seven, is from the fifteenth or sixteenth century. It's it's added later. It's not okay. It's not, so you, you hit it, you had it, it here first. The Trinity was not in the Bible. And Michael Jones, I want you to create the sassiest of replies to this video on your TikTok, please. I would love for him to. I would please. love to try to refute what I just said. Pull, pull, pull us. Pull us to shreds. Be the sassiest you can be. I, Let's go. I actually love, I I love yeah, Michael Jones. I, I like uh, Michael Jones, but I debate him on that all day long. I, I, I love... Uh, I learned that from his, Bart Ehrman. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Bart Ehrman's the one who told me that. Oh, wow. There's so many um, There's so many videos that Michael's doing at the moment that are so like funny. Like, Because it'll be like someone like, do you know that Jesus was a psychedelic vision of like... like It'll be like something like weird, like... Oh, and and he's just like it's just I don't blame him for doing that. Yeah, if I was a Christian, I'd be doing the same content as him. I'd just be like, mm. yeah, let's find the find the wackiest claim about Christians I can find and do a rebuttal to that. You know what I mean? Because there's um, no there's no like Jesus mushroom heresy happening in the early Christian 
that like Hippolytus and Justin Martyr, they're not refuting the Jesus mushroom people. You know what I mean? That doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm looking for a book that um uh, I won't get it, but I've got you want to know something though? Do you want to know the one of the wildest heresy that I think in my actually I have a bunch of them that we haven't even talked about yet, but the one that came to mind right now, thinking about mushrooms, was there's a group of Christians called the Elkasites. The Elkasites were living in the Persian Empire. So they're not they're not Roman Christians, they're Persian Christians. They believe that Jesus, after he ascended into heaven, he became a 14-mile-wide angel. 14 miles, he's so big that when he comes to Earth, you'll be able to see him from space. And he has a sister named uh, the Holy Spirit. I can't remember. It might be Zoe. It might not. But he has a sister, Holy Spirit, who is just as big as him. And there's these two giant angels in the sky that are 14 miles long. This is what the Elkisites believe in. This is crazy. Keep keep telling There's us a little more. bit about that. I'm just going to get this There's book. More. Okay. All right. That's the Elkisites. The another one that blows my mind is called the 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 Simonians, the followers of uh, Simon Magus. So the story of Simon Magus is after the Book of Acts. You know, everyone knows the story about Simon Magus in the Book of Acts. He meets Peter. He wants to buy the Holy Spirit because he's a magician. He wants to use it for magic. So Peter's like, this can't be sold, but here I'll save you anyway. He gets he gets saved. But there's an extra story that happens later on. And so he goes to Rome with his wife, Hel- Helena, and he starts a he starts a, 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 a Christian movement in Rome called the Simonians. And the Simonians actually worship Simon Magus as the Christ. And they thought he was like as high as Zeus and his wife, Helena, was as high as Athena. So you have Zeus and Athena are now Simon Magus and Helena. And then Peter comes back to Rome and finds him here, you know, and he's like, let's have a duel, bro. And I'm just going to make my own version of the story. Okay. Just just to make it fun. Because this is not, obviously I'm making this up, but like, but no, this is the text though. So I'm going to paraphrase it in a modern way to make it fun. So Peter comes back to Rome and he sees Simon Magus and he's like, and Simon Magus is like, bruh, we're going to have a duel. I'm more powerful than you are because I had the Holy Spirit. And Peter's like, all right, let's go. Simon Magus starts flying up in the sky. He's in the sky like, yo, bro, what, what, what do you got, bro? I'm, I'm flying right now. You can't do this. Peter goes, really? Really, dog? Boom, makes him fall, fall right to the ground and kills him instantly. Peter just out, out, out magics him all day. That's the what, where can I read this? What, there, what um, are you talking about? This is insane. It's, it's a, yeah, <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of the Gnostic texts. It's Simon Magus. <laughs> oh, it's, man. It's I, I, get it from, I get all my Gnostic texts from this. The Gnostic Bible, you get all the different groups. Oh, the different, okay. But yes, that's the story of Simon Magus that's not in the Bible, but it's in one of the later texts, one of the second century texts. And so, but it gets even crazier, though. It gets even crazier because that's the story. That's how Simon Magic dies. But there's a group of Simonians that actually do exist. This is a real thing. There's a Roman cult of Christians in the second century called the Simonians who actually did worship Simon Magus. They had a statue of him. There was a there's an old Etruscan god called Simon <laughs> Sancus. And they took this, they took a statue of Simon Sancus 
and it was on the island Tiber Island. There's a Tiber a Tiber River right next to Rome, the city of Rome. There's an island there, and this is where they were. They had the statue of Simosenkis, and they, they they made it Simon Magus, and so they're worshiping Simon Magus as the Christ. Yeah, so that was a Christian group called the Simonians, and Helena, his, his wife Helena was Athena. So I'm telling you, these early Christians were so, they were so fun, man. They were so different and fun that I loved, I love talking about this stuff. That's why I told you, I was I, like, we have a, if we ever have a podcast, let's do about early Christianity. <laughs> I, honestly, there's so many, there's so, like, here's another, another book recommendation. I love that. It's actually like, it's actually still there. I, I have a friend. Yeah, um, that's, that's Tiber friend. Island. That's Tiber Island. Yeah. Now look up, look what? up Simone Sankis. Simone S-E-M-O-N. S a c s a n c u s. This there's a Wikipedia. Uh, can page. you can you can you type it out in the private chat? Yeah. Um, the I have a friend who um who like uh, I met when I was doing game development stuff. I was she was an artist, um, and I paid her to do some stuff for us, and um we've stayed friends ever since. In fact, when her and her husband came to um Sydney, we flew down to Sydney just to meet them and say like, hey, what's going on? Like, um, she's really cool. She lives in Rome. She's her whole life. Um, well, at least in Italy, but she's in Rome and she literally went to a school where she like learned Latin. And I'm like, you like, she has like, I think she knows like six language. I'm like, you motherfucker, you are so fucking cool. Um, uh, and, uh, and when and I was like, when, when I, when I go to, um, when I come to Rome, I'm going to have to check out, um, you know, I'm going to have to, you're going to have to show me around. Because she just knows so much, like she just knows so much cool stuff. Just to quickly sh- shout her out too. He's, he's her. Um, she does like game development artwork and stuff. She's really, really cool. Um, That's really, cool. really cool person. That's like a cartoon version of what she looks like. But she's yeah, she's 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 a badass. Um, but looking up, Simon Sanctus Sanctus. Simon Sanctus. That's him. So okay, <laughs> just click on the one on the the white one where it, or whatever it doesn't matter. That's okay. That is Simon Magus. They worship what? They worship that statue. I don't think that's the exact one. I think we lost the one that. Okay, so I don't know what that. If you go to the one that's a color, that one. Why? Okay. Why that's, are the penises so big? That's what I want to know. I don't know because he's a god. <laughs> you know, they're god. But such huge. Like I just that's no man can. You know, that's just too big for any man to live up to. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, that was the statue that they found. The Etruscans left it behind. It's not a new statue. They repurposed an old Etruscan god because the name sounded similar to Simon. So Simon Sankus becomes Simon Magus, and they worship him as the high god. He's not even he's not even like Jesus, where he's the subordinate god. He's the highest. He somehow became the highest god in the pantheon, which is so mind blowing. Within Christianity, within Christianity, yeah, they were called that's, Christians. That's, this is so wild. Yeah, the, and the, that's not that, that's not like there are people who are deified after Jesus in Christianity that you don't know about. Simon Magus, uh, uh, Ep, Ep, um, Epiphanes was the other one. There's a whole bunch of them. You know. Wow. Um, just and to, it's because just, they it's because they attain gnosis, they reach that. Yeah, they got that secret. The secret knowledge. So, um, thank you everyone for rocking up. We've got 60 live viewers. I think that's the most we've ever gotten, like, surely. Really? Um, no way. This is the first time uh, I've ever I, done something like that on a channel. <laughs> Where oh, I wow. Just... It's, Ooh, uh, we're just having fun. Yeah. 
it's really it's really good um we don't have super chats yet i've gone through the two of the steps to get monetized um my channel is just being reviewed and it says it's going to take up to a month i'm like really dog like please don't like when i applied for mine it was like within three days they were like yep you're good you're monetized oh geez i really hope that um the alcohol consumption doesn't affect that um but there are other channels that are just purely alcohol channels that that i'm monetized so i'm like surely but the book that I was picking up before is, I have no idea how respectable this is, but because you study psychedelics on your channel, it's called The Psychedelic Gospels by I'm uh, not Jerry lie. B. Brown. I like this book. And like scholars hate this book. I like it just because I- You've like, read it. Well, I haven't never read the whole thing, but I've okay. I've, 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 I've read through it and, and I was looking through certain paragraphs and certain parts and I like I like the idea of it. I like, so okay. I, in the, look, I don't know if like Kip Davis is watching this, he's like, what the fuck, dude? No, I get it. I get it. Scholars hate this stuff. I'm the type of person that I, I love to hear wild speculate, speculative theories. As long as you admit it, like, like this person's not like Ralph Ellis, where he thinks like, this is the truth and everyone else is wrong. This person <laughs> is like, at least being like, Hey, this is, this is out there. But so I respect it a little bit. I'm not going to say I love it that much, but like, I, I like to hear like I want to actually get that guy on my podcast. I think I, I think I emailed him and he didn't respond yet. Did him and his wife write write that book together? Is there two people two names in that? Uh, uh, Jerry B. Brown, PhD, and Julia M. Brown, M. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's I second. I emailed them and haven't responded yet. I want I just want to get them on just to ask them where about their evidence and just want to hear their opinions. They seem like yeah, nice I people. mean like the, I, I, like the, there's I I, re, I like people who are look, thinking outside the box because I'm not mm. an academic because. If I was an academic, I could see why someone would be like, come on, dude, that shit is just true. Like, so <laughs> I feel I like the thing. name, I feel like, I feel like your content, um, from what I've seen and, and what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm probably less scholarly in my, like I do a lot of interviews with, um, you know, human rights and just a bunch of, you know, all people's journeys and stuff. But I feel like our, and myth vision, like our content is, tr is trying to fall somewhere in between the Joe Rogan experience and like an academic, um, yeah. lecture. Like it's like entertaining enough. But also trying to yeah trying to be educational as well. I'm the um, same way. I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, okay. So so the last um, the last major sect that I wanted to touch on um, is Marcion. I know we've already we've already I forgot to like. <laughs> <laughs> Kip is a legend. I'm helping Kip um, uh, set up his um, Patreon and stuff soon, so Yo, he's won't be on, able to go. He's on fire. He's on uh, fire. Yeah, he's, he's just the, I, he's the player of the month of just of february like he's whatever you want to if this was sports i'm like he'd be like the mvp of the month like he's been on so many channels this month doing so many things and i'm even the day that i had him on my channel he was on like three, three other podcasts that same day. <laughs> kip if you want to come on you know on deep drinks uh as, yeah, a, as just a, as a podcast i'd love yeah, to have yeah. you on yeah. um i i i was hesitant to ask you because you're already doing so much for the panel and I asked Jennifer um, to come on, and I just want to be respectful for everyone's time. But I, you know, I'm fascinated. Um, and the very first question I want to ask you is, what are your top five favorite bands? But save it, save it for when we uh, right. get it, because I've seen you wearing an Iron Maiden T-shirt, and I feel like we could talk about that. <laughs> anyway, um, that's the most important question to me. No, but uh, so we, we've talked a little bit about Marcion of Sinope uh, or Sinope. Marcion of Sinope. So. He, can you tell us a little bit more about Marcion? So he he rejected the Old Testament, right? Yeah, yeah he did. Wild. He rejected, he rejected the God of the Old Testament and said, 
that there's things we can see. And he's he's obviously he's obviously looking at this from a middle Platonist lens because the middle Platonists believed in Plato's God is all good, is not jealous, does not need anything. So he's thinking of Plato had to be right. So that makes sense. If there's an all good God, he can't need anything. He can't be jealous. And he's looking at the Old Testament where he says, I'm a jealous God. Whoa, strike number one. And then <laughs> Genesis one where he says, Adam, where are you? Strike number two. You didn't even know where Adam was. You're not, you're not, all, you're not omnipotent. You're not, you're not omniscient because you should have known. You should have had the foreknowledge that no, if you left him alone, he was going to take a bite. And so let me fix this real quick. And so um, would that be. Um, should turn on because he wrote this book because um, oh, so uh, he wrote this book called The Antithesis, right? Yeah, and we don't actually have a copy of The Antithesis, but we have a response from someone who was trying to discredit The Antithesis, right? Yeah, yeah. So and it'd be so like it'd be like not having the Bible, but having Paul Copen's book explaining the atrocities of the Bible. It's yeah. like it, it, it's like that, yeah. And we have enough in there to sort of reconstruct what Marcion was about. And so Marcion, like I said, he's pointing to Old Testament stuff, the 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 sending the she bears after kids to eat them. That's not a good god. That's an evil god. And the idea that he needs blood sacrifice, that he needs you to slaughter an animal, and he to to like that's like we're talking. No, nah, no, nah, the Pythagoreans and the Orphics were like they were into vegetarian lifestyles, and so he's coming out of that. And so there's that's Marcion, but Marcion is also. Very interesting where he points out that Jesus in the New Testament, I forget, I think it's John that he's talking. I think it's either John or Luke. And I'm sorry, Kip, that I don't know which one it is. <laughs> Kip's <laughs> gonna the, yell at you. Yeah, one, one of those two texts that he, he's pointing out that Jesus uh is talking to the Pharisees and he says, Your father, the devil. So he's saying that their God is the devil, and it's come he has Jesus is even backing up what he's thinking. Because in, in the in the text where Jesus says, in the in the Greek, if you actually look at the Greek, it actually says that I want to pull up the your father, the devil. Let me see if I can find that text. Your father, the devil, verse. Uh John 844. Here, I thought it is John. He says that you belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's in the canon John Bible that Christians are reading today. What in the, I, I Look, it was a long time since I read the New Testament cover to cover. It's been probably 10 years, but no, it's been like five years. But what is what do Christians think? What do current Christians think that they're talking about there? Current Christians are saying because they're Jews, so, so there's an anti-Semitic spin now. Ah, uh, yeah, the old anti-Semitic spin. Kanye West spin. They're yeah, they're 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 following the devil, but the Marcion, the Marcionites, who you might look at them and say they they were anti-Semitic, but they weren't. They didn't hate Jews. They just thought that the Old Testament God was bad. But he's right. saying that, and Marcion's saying that in John. Jesus is pointing out that the Old Testament God is the devil because of this verse. Wow. So, so then, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate for the, um, sure. the current Christian. So, so why then does Jesus like in the gospels? 
So I, I imagine they accept. Do they accept them to the Marcion? No, the Marcionites don't have. They have they, they, no. They're the first people to have a canon in all of Christianity. Oh, really? Marcion gives us the first Bible. Wow. So the idea of a biblioteca is already a thing. There's a Diodorus of Sicily writes a biblioteca. It's a Greek story about all the gods, Zeus, you know, uh, Dionysus, all the way down to, from Alexander the Great to Julius Caesar. It's called the Bibliotheca. It means library in Greek. Apollodorus in the 300s BCE wrote it, Bibliotheca. It's basically taking Hesiod's Theogony and just like making his own version. So Bibles are already a thing. The idea of a Bible is not a Christian idea or a Jewish idea. It comes from the Bibliotheca, which means library. So uh, Marcion makes his own Bibliotheca. He makes his own canon library. And he takes the, just purely the epistles of Paul and the book of John. Wait, or, okay. K sorry, Kip. I, it's one or the other. Either it's John <laughs> or Luke X. Forgot which Kip one. Kip is here. Kip is oh, here. Yeah, just Kip. like let me know. It's like you know, it's either it's John. Like so the, here's the here's what you need to know. He has the Epistle of John and one of the Gospels. That's it. I can't remember if it's John or it could have been Luke X because I'm thinking of Luke X because Luke X gets into Paul. The story of Paul is in post chapter eight of of uh, X. But John is the very Gnostic -y gospel because it's got the logos, it's got Sophia, it's got, or it's got Zoe. So it could have been that one too, or maybe it is both. I don't know. All, all I'm saying is this: John or Marcion is the first Christian to make a canon biblioteca. So, so in Marcion's canon, I imagine. <laughs> no, I this, imagine... this is the beauty of not being an academic is that I can be wrong and just be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, try not, try not to try and ask Dr. Josh Bone anything, and uh, it's not my expertise. Um, he's yeah. just he's too uh, punctual. Um, it's, well, good that's it's a good thing for an academic. Yeah, exactly. but they yeah, do so much is... good work for us, and we just we just take from them, and we're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, like this is. Guys, this is turning more and more into a Joe Rogan experience kind of episode. Where I'm it really is. Just um, <laughs> not to slam on Joe Rogan, but there's, like, still more, just... there's still more Christian groups that I haven't talked about yet. There's still more. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But so, yeah. does, so does Marcion, I know that he accepted Paul, right? He thought Paul was the first true Christian or something. Um, but he, Marcion, I imagine like, how does, how does Marcion reject the Old Testament when Jesus was quoting the Old Testament in parts? Well, it's, it's because of Paul. If you actually do look at what Paul's saying, Paul talks about the law being bondage and that Christ is freedom from that bondage, which is the law. So this anti-law, which by default is anti-Old Testament because the law, the Old Testament is the law. The Torah is the law. So th if the law is bondage, it's only natural to be anti-Old anti Testament. So Paul, Marcion's, who claims to be a student of Paul, which is probably not true. He probably was a student of a student of Paul because the dates don't match up. Paul died in the 60s. Marcion's born in the 90s, I think. So he might have been a student of a student of Paul. Okay, fine. I, I believe that. I don't know. If he has access to all of Paul's letters, he probably was close because there's no internet back then. If you have access to all of Paul's letters in the second century, you probably knew someone who knew Paul. Anyways, long story short, he claims to be a student of Paul. 
he's reading Paul. Paul's talking about the bondage of the law. That is not pro. I'm sorry. That's diametrically opposed to the Old Testament. And that's been one of my main arguments against Christianity since I left Christianity is that the New Testament is not in accordance to the Old Testament. They are they are bumping heads big time. Yeah. The, I, I remember one of the, the parts in the antitheses or what we think was in the antitheses, which means contrary statements, is it's like you're saying that God is the same God. Like, so Jesus is the same God that says, you know, Jesus says, let the little children come to me and don't you hurt these little children is the same God that said, go kill the Amalekites and kill the infants and suckling um, children. Like you're saying that's the same God. Like you're saying, how can someone think this? Right. I love what Ricky Gervais says. He says like Old Testament God's like 50s dad takes his fucking belt off. He's like, you're a fucking what? And he belts the shit out of his children. Where um, New Testament God is like new new dad who doesn't use verbal um, or physical violence on the children. That, that's why I like Marcion because he's 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 kind of based in that way. He's kind of he's 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 bringing the arguments. He's bringing good arguments, and the Canaanites are even even more extreme with it. They're not even, it's not even about like trying to like balance out truth with the gospel. The Canaanites are straight up saying, no, 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 flip it entirely on its head. Cain is the good guy. Abel's bad. Old Testament got bad. Judas, good. Eve, good. Serpent, good. Every, every bad character, good. Every good character, bad. That's the Canaanites for you. The Canaanites were, the Canaanites were gangsters, man. They were, ooh, those Canaanites were something else, man. Uh, I love talking about the K Knights. Okay, so all right, so we've gone through we've gone through a lot, but we've gone through the Ebonites, Gnostics, Proto-Orthodox, Marcionites. And so do you want to touch on your favorite, which is my favorite you know, is the Nasines. Because I love uh, the Sikhism okay. about them. We touched on them. The Nasin preacher, you know, he's a he's a you know, he's obviously a middle platonist, he's obviously a pagan. Yeah, I would say he's a pagan. He's he's talking about Addis and Osiris and Pan, which is like the devil basically looks like the devil in Christians do call it saying the devil. Look, the reason why the devil looks like pan later on is because there's a, uh, there's a pit in, in Israel and the, the, the location where the transfiguration went down in, in the, in the gospels where there's Jesus, Moses, and Elijah on that mountain below that, there's a, there's a pit that leads the Hades and it's called the sanctuary of pan. So the idea of pan being the devil comes probably comes from that idea like you know and also in the old testament there's this idea of like in the desert there's satyrs are calling to one another where lilith dwells this is in isaiah and like so satyrs are the those horned goat looking guys so pan becomes the image of the devil but um so so mars or uh the nasim preacher is like that's the christ like he's like he's dionysus pan orpheus Addis, Osiris, those are all Christ. They all were work, they were all leading up to Christ. But but like, and you might think of that, and like Christians might be watching this and say, obviously that's heretical. Like, I don't like uh Irenaeus is based for saying he's a heretic, but check this out. Uh the church historian Eusebius writes a book called I actually have it over here somewhere. Oh, it's behind me. Preparation for the gospel. And in this book, he lays out all this literature from the Plato, from Plato, from Porphyry, and from the pagan world. This priest called Sanconiathan, and he's like talking about all these old ancient Greek stories that are like leading up to the Christ. Basically, he's saying like there's a story of this god named Saturn 
who's also called El in Hebrew. So the god El from the Old Testament is deified as the star Saturn, or called Kronos, and he sacrifices his only son, Yehud, to Aranos. And this is the this is the mystical sacrifice of the Phoenicians to sacrifice your only son for the sins of mankind. And he says this is preparation for the Gospels. So the idea that pagans can have prophecy just like the Old Testament can have prophecy is not considered heretical just by it's not just the Nasins doing this. You have Eusebius is doing this too. Does that make sense? It does. Like. This is yeah. This is like blowing my mind. Like all yeah. of this is it's it's because it's, the universal church, which the Catholic Catholic means universal. They really are trying to stress like everything. It's not just the Old Testament leading up to Christ. It's everything leading up to Christ. It's like you know what I mean. Like the pagans and everyone, they're they're all pointing. Everything's pointing to Christ. They're all trying to make that argument. That's becoming like by the time it gets to Eusebius, it's like a stab. It's an established argument that Christ is like the end of all. This is the, this is the true religion. Everyone stop now, or we figured it out. That's, that's what, mm. they're, try- that's what they're trying to say, basically. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. So what, so, I, so we were talking um, prior to the stream about like, cause we only like started chatting yesterday and um, we, we, we got, Derek introduced us to each other and I got on, we got on a video chat and instantly I could just tell we could just like ramble for, we could just talk for days and one of the things you asked, um, you said you want to talk about, it, is what are some of the earliest, um, what are some of the most craziest beliefs? Like, what are the what are the weirdest beliefs do you think that were in early Christianity? Hmm. So I mentioned the Canaanites, obviously. There's the okay. So the Docetists are interesting. The Docetists. Okay. There's a group called the Docetists. <laughs> there's so many more than I thought there were. Oh, there's 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 there, oh I, I I don't even know them all. Okay, I'm just going to say this real quick. Recommend this right here. Refutation of all heresies by Hippolytus of Rome. This is where I'm getting all this from. If, if I'm not getting it from here, I'm getting it from David Litwa or Bart Ehrman. Or okay. Celine, Celine Lilly. She's great too, by the way. She wrote a book called the, the Rape of Eve. And she argues that Eve is like the Christ. She's a savior. Great. I had her on my channel. Anyways. Um... So the, the, the docetists are the closest thing you're, you're going to get to a mythicist because in all these heresies, mythicism never comes up. There's no, no one's even, that's not even, not, no, everybody just thinks Jesus existed, but the docetists think Jesus, when he was here on earth, he was a, a phasma, a, a ghost. He was, they thought like he wasn't human, but he was going through life as a ghost and doing all of his acts as a ghost. And he never actually had flesh because flesh is bad. So he can't, he can't be a flesh. Yeah. Right. That's the dose. That's a, that's a pretty wild claim. Then docetism was actually pretty popular too. And the church really had to like battle that out for a while. Wow. But the, uh, linked- the, the exact opposite of that would be the Arians. And this is later. This is not, this is third, fourth century from Arius. And uh, he taught that Christ was subordinate. Christ was, you know, he did become, he is the, he is the son of God. He is, you know, uh, divine, but he's so, still subordinate to the Father. And if you ask me my personal opinion, if I had to say what's the most biblically accurate Christian belief, it's the Arians. They, they, they're the most like if you if you just took the canon, the the books that are in the New Testament, the twenty seven books of the New Testament, and said which who which Christian matches up with those books the best, the Arians do. 
because there's no like oh, wow. the idea of Trice being the same as the father when he's praying to his own father and saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? Or all this stuff. Oh, he's praying to himself. Yeah, like yeah, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. But the Arians made it made sense. They said, okay, he's still divine, but he's subordinate to the father. And that for some reason, the Christians couldn't deal with that. Like the church was like, no, that can't be true. And like that, the Arians almost won out. They almost became the Orthodox. In fact, when Rome got sacked in 4, 476, guess who came in when, when the barbarians sacked Rome? They were not pagans from Germany. They were not German pagans. They were Arians because Arius taught people in Germany his ways. So when, the, when, when Rome got taken over by the Germans, by the Ostrogoths, they mm-hmm. were Arian Christians. Christianity never left Rome when Rome fell. Stayed Christian all the way through. They were Arians wow. for a while. And then they came back to the Catholic Church because of uh, Justinian. But they were Arians for, for a short while when it was the when the Goths were in control. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So um just just uh for everyone um interested, in the in the chat I have dropped some links for the refutation of all heresies, um, for the Gnostic Bible revised and expanded edition and the Nagamati Light scriptures, which is the the book that I've read that I haven't that I've got that but I haven't read yet. Um, and these go through a lot of what we're talking about here. Um, we're currently trying to get monetized. Um, I'm going through the process I mentioned before. Um, I have to get reviewed um, on this channel. Um, and we're just waiting to get reviewed. Hopefully it happens soon. But if you want to support the channel, if you use those links, um, I'll get a little um, bit of money for, for that and which will help me get better guests and hopefully move to do this full time. There are so many people I want to have deep conversations with. Um, and I see so many amazing people in the chat, um, including Maya, who um, I've become a recent fan of yours, uh, Maya Atkinson. So I want, to, uh, I want to say hello to her and everyone else. Thank you for coming out. So... Um, so this, so okay. I got more, a cup. There's one more group that I want to mention that is. Really, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's yeah, just jump into that. One more, one last group that I think needs to be mentioned is the Noetians. The Noetians have no Trinity, but they thought that Yahweh and Jesus are the same. So the Orthodoxes are probably watching this. What like? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, tell us more. But there's no Trinity. They think that Yahweh came into the world as a human who was Jesus, lived his life, died, resurrected, and then went back to being Yahweh again. So there's one God that's completely monotheistic, but Jesus so, and Yahweh are the same pe- same person. One of them is flesh, one of them is spirit. That's it. There's no Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Moetian, is it, how do you spell that? Can, uh, N-O-E-T-I-A-N-S. Noetians. Um. And that's so just when, like 10% of what this guy tells us about. There's so many more Christian groups out there, but like, that's a, I think I named like 15 by now. Right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I named a lot of them. <laughs> uh, the more you, the more you, um, the more you mention, the, the more we have to drink and in, in, in celebrate in yeah. remembrance yeah. of these. Um, and I've nearly, you know, I'm of the bottles nearly, you know, it's half done. Um, for me, well, I've still got this, this cup, but um, so, Okay, cool, cool, cool. This is this is all super interesting. I had a question actually about psychedelics. Yeah, I've heard it said. Now I know this is going to this is going to be fringe of the fringe, right? This is this is not a this is a meme. This is meme level like scholarship, right? 
I've heard that people have attributed the burning bush that Moses saw in the Old Testament to be a psychedelic plant that was in ayahuasca. the um, ayahuasca. Is what they, or they say uh, uh, the acacia, the acacia tree, because that's where yeah. you, that's where you get ayahuasca and DMT from. Right. Okay. So I'll is there any? There's no is there any? No. Okay. It's made it's up. all speculative. Interesting. Stuff. It's all made up. Mm. So like they're not they're not getting this from any text that says this. They're just like, oh bush, oh yeah, acacia the bush, oh acacia trees. You can extract a DMT from it. Therefore, that must be the, what Moses was doing. It's all just swat. It's it's fun speculative stuff for like non scholars, for internet people on Reddit. But scholars <laughs> scholars aren't saying that shit. Okay, so it's like Reddit scholarship. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's interesting. So, was there any uh, any hallucinogenics used in early Christianity um, for any type of spiritual practice? I, that you know that, I can't say definitively that there was, but like when we look at the Sethians and the Nasians, and we see how they're like working within the framework. Not, not. I'm not saying they're borrowing from or, or stealing from or copying, but they're sort of in this middle Platonist framework that comes out of that you also see with the Eleusinian Mysteries, Orphix. And then those Eleusinian Mysteries and Orphix, you do see Kaikian use. Now, that doesn't mean the Christians were doing the same thing, but um, there that is one of the charges that's brought against the Nasins and the Sethians from people like Hippolytus. When he's, when he's talking crap about them, he says they're doing that stuff. So... A lot of a lot of scholars will say, "Well, that's sort of a polemic. Like it sounds like he's talking crap." So we don't know if they're really doing that. But I have heard a few fringe scholars. And I don't. I don't I'm not saying fringe like they're like dumbasses, but like they're, they're yeah. outside of the uh, outside of consensus. I've heard them say, like David Hillman said this. David Hillman said, "If if the Bacchics were doing this, there's no reason why Christians wouldn't want to do this too. Like this was kind of a popular thing was to take mm. a take a, a sacred." Take your sacred, drink your sacred cup, the chalice. The Valentinians were had this like central theme of like the chalice, drinking the blood of Christ, the wine. And so it, it wouldn't be like completely crazy to think that there might have been something like that happening, but we just don't know. It's, there's no evidence for like, like there's no, we don't have a text that says this, it definitively happened. So we can't prove that. We can speculate on it, but it's not like, it, it's not like definitively that we know this. So interesting. It, so most scholars say no, but there are a few that say, well, the Bacchics were into this stuff and the Holy Spirit thing with the speaking in tongues and the revelry that sort of kind of comes off as Bacchic revelry. Like it might not be a stretch that they're doing this as well. So it might be there. It might be there. Are there other, there are obviously other religions that focus heavily on psychedelics, right? Like especially some, um, some more Eleusinian uh, mysteries. Eleusinian mysteries. Carl Ruck has laid this out. Has laid this out. Purpose. I had it on my channel twice. They drank the Kaikion. It was the cup, and the Kaikion was a mixture of ergot, which is, which is fermented grain. So Demeter represents grain. Demeter, mm -hmm. Demeter is the grain goddess. When you when grain goes bad, it becomes fungus. But also when wine goes bad, it becomes or when, when, when grape goes bad, it becomes wine. And they would they would make a mixture of this 
and they called it Kaikian. We don't know the exact recipe. We lost the recipe, but we know mm-hmm. there was a psychedelic recipe that they took during their initiation ritual. And they, it would give them a spiritual experience in which they would never, when they came out of the spiritual experience, they would relate that they talked to gods. They, Bacchus would enter them. They had the spirit of Bacchus in them. They would talk to Demeter. They had this experience of meeting the gods and they would never, they would no longer fear death. They would feel saved after that moment. So that was part, that was going on in Eleusinian mysteries. And so the, the, that sounds like a Eucharist, the drinking, drinking mm-hmm. the blood of a God. They, were, they, they, think, they thought that drinking the Kaikion was drinking Dionysus himself. Dionysus was entering your body through drinking this wine. So the idea, the idea of a god entering your body or drinking or eating a god, the eating the blood or eating the, the body of Christ and drinking the blood of Christ, we see that, we see those motifs happening not only just in the Eleusinian mystery, like I just mentioned, but also in Egypt with uh, Osiris. In the Book of the Dead, it talks about uh, eat my flesh or or eat eat the eat the cakes and drink the bl- drink the wine and like that's Osiris. So like these ideas are out there. So that framework is out there. This is this is incredible. I I feel like I've got so much reading to do. Um and and then I, I need to. I'm not even going to ask you permission. I need to have you back on this channel to discuss this again Let's when I it. have more questions. Um. But I thought what we could do is we could wrap up um, this conversation. I mean, when I say wrap up, probably another like three hours. No, but like not, we're not ending real soon. But I wanted to kind of like pivot the conversation towards how we got the canon of scripture um, and, and more, not, not sorry, how we got the canon, but like how Christianity went from these like diverse sects to the, the conversion of Constantine and the person you mentioned before who I forgot, but like how it went from being, how these other Christianities were kind of stamped out of existence. How, how did that happen? What, what's, what's the timeline? Can you give us a rough timeline and then we can go into some details? Yeah. So Constantine converts into Christian. Well, let me go back a little bit. Let me, let yeah. me, let me set the stage. So Rome was the seat of power for as long as the back in the, Roman Republic days. And then they become the empire after Augustus, who was adopted by Julius Caesar. So there's this idea that Caesar, who's also called son of God, by the way, he starts this new Roman empire and Rome is the seat of power for a long time. And everything's all good for the next hundred years going through. There's some civil wars. They have the, you know, the Vespasians have to have to take control after a year of the four empires. And then there's like the good, the five good emperors. There's Nerva, and there's um, uh, Trajan, Hadrian, um, Antonius Pius, Marcus Aurelius, and then his son Commodus. After his son Commodus, Marcus Aurelius, son Commodus. There's the it's what's called the the um, the crisis of the third century, and then Rome takes so Diocletian moves all the resources that are in Rome to Constantinople and he starts moving all the, the main, you know, every, all, everything's moving over there by the time we get to Constantine or no, let me just, let me just set the stage for a second. There's a there before that happens though, there's a emperor called Elagabalus and Elagabalus was a grandson of a wife of Septimus Severus, whose name is Julia Domna. She was deified as a goddess in this, in like the, they, they thought that she was like Athena incarnate. 
But anyways, long story short, he's he's coming from a priesthood that that stretches back to um to Mark Antony and Cleopatra in Syria. And the Romans are thought this was so cool. And they're like, and so he becomes the Roman emperor. But what he does is he transforms re- Roman religion forever. So up until that time period, there was you worship Jupiter, you worship, you know, Saturn, you worship uh, uh, Diaroma, Dionysus. There's all the, the traditional gods, the pagan gods. But then when Elagabalus takes over and becomes the Roman emperor for a short while, he transforms the Roman religion. And this god called Elagabalus, who's a sun god, becomes the highest god in the pantheon. I've just, just just to just to pipe in quickly. I've just a quick question. I've heard that the that uh, that Christians were called atheists in Rome. Yeah, if they didn't accept, they were called a. So Christians were called atheists because they didn't accept the gods of Rome. Is that right? Yeah. They were called atheists okay. because they didn't believe in Jupiter. They didn't believe in Athena. They didn't believe in Saturn. They just believed in Jesus, and that's it. So and, they were called yeah. they were called atheists because they didn't believe in the, the traditional pagan way. Those damn atheists. Yeah, those damn atheists. <laughs> in fact, uh, I'm getting. I'm. Uh, I'll get to this in a second because uh, Julian the Apostate writes all this stuff about the atheists, and he's talking about the Christians. But Elagabalus transforms Roman religion. The sun god becomes a new thing. It's a syncretistic, synchronistic, uh, Platonist like sun god thing where Mithras and Jupiter and 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 Helios kind of get rolled into one and they become soul invictus and Aurelian loves this Aurelian saves the empire. The empire is about to break off into three parts, the Gallic empire in the, in the West that's Gaul is, is, is becoming its own thing. And the Palmyrian empire is breaking off of Rome too. So Rome was about to fall in the third century. Rome almost fell. Aurelian saves the Rome from falling, but he, and he really loves this sun God thing. So after that, that's it. Rome, the old religion as we know it is done. Christianity didn't dethrone the old religion. The old religion was already gone from the sun god thing. So now, going into the third, fourth century, there's this idea that these Syrian and Jewish religions are are the true religions. So you have mm. Sol Invictus, Christianity, Judaism. That's kind of like what everyone's into now. It's like the new thing. And when we get to Constantine. Those are the two major religions of his legions. The people that are running the the legions are the re, are like the power behind everything. If you have if you have ten legions, you can do what you want. You can just take over cities. You can do whatever you want. And whatever those legions believe in, whatever religion those legions are believe in, that's going to be the religion of the empire. So those those legions are split between the Sol Invictus religion that comes out of the Elagabalus tradition, Sun God religion. And then you have Christianity, which is becoming super popular because Christianity is telling you you can have eternal life just by believing in this thing. People like that. I'm like, oh, really? I can just get, believe in Jesus and have eternal life? That's great. And so that's a pop. It's becoming popular because of that. Now we get to Constantine. Constantine gets converted to Christianity. Now we have a Roman emperor who's putting his own power and funds and time into this religion. Mm-hmm. So. He doesn't, he doesn't make all the other religions illegal. And he doesn't make Christianity the state religion either. There's actually something happens in between then. You have um, Julian the Apostate. He tries to revert back to the Sol Invictus religion. He gets killed by the Christians in Parthia as he's invading the Parthians. And then uh, 
anyways, that ends up bad. Christianity takes control again. A couple decades later, Theodosius becomes the emperor. And he is just a complete fundamentalist, uh, dogmatic Christian. He decides like, that... Like Ken Ham of the... Ken yeah, Ham of the imagine Andrew. Ken Ham is yeah. emperor. <laughs> oh, Ken Ken Ham, so we have this Ken Ham looking emperor. He decides... Yeah, okay. I hate Theodosius. Every time I think of Theodosius, I get mad. Because he ruined the world. He really did. He closes down all the pagan temples, shuts down the libraries. He's like going out. He's literally going after Christians that are not Orthodox and killing them. And he's like, he's systematically oppressing anyone that's not Christian, that's not Catholic. And that's the end of everything else. That's, that's when Orthodoxy becomes Orthodoxy. Theodosius, one of the worst humans of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> because think about it, religion religion should be like an art i think religion should be people should decide what they believe in what they feel they believe in they should be able to connect to their own god in their own personal way that's what i think religion should be theodosius destroyed that he said that this is the only way christianity is the only way and that became the western religion ever since and that's how it happened yeah so he was so 379 or 395 is is he was the Roman he emperor. raided the he raided like fa- like famous temples he shut down the temple of athena in athens which was up for hundreds of years thousands maybe he shut down the temple of serapis which was in egypt that was dedicated to osiris and isis that was like super famous and he he had like uh. mobs go and attack and destroy and burn it down he had Pergamum destroyed. He was just horrible, dude. He sucked. That dude sucked. That's Ken Ham. The Ken Ham of antiquity. The um or the Roman Empire. The, it reminds me a little bit of like when the Taliban destroyed like Buddhist statues in um I think it was Pakistan. Like the, the local Muslims were devastated because those those Buddhist statues were like were like were like very old, like they were huge, very old. They were, they were special to the people who, even even as an atheist, don't you feel bad about that? Oh, yeah, isn't that horrible to hear that because you're, like, like you're a... like, it's like let people have their their sacred institutions, yeah, have their traditions. Like I'm, I'm an as an atheist, like I'm not like anti-Semitic or anti or uh, no or, or anti-Muslim. Like I, I think people should mm. believe what they want to believe in. I, I, I love religion it's just a very different love that i had from when i was religious it's like it's like it's tradition religion religion to me is like human it's like it's beautiful in so many ways it's horrific in so many other ways it's dramatic it's humanity's first attempt at trying to understand the cosmos and it's yeah it's it's the first science history yeah it's like and it's beautiful in so many ways because of that, like yeah. even the horrific parts are beautiful. It's like, damn, like this stuff, ha- like you, you know, it, it, it encompasses like humanity and psychology and like what, and, and, yeah. and, and who we are as people, like it's important. And to see things like this be destroyed or, or, or removed, it's, it's horrible. Like, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of <laughs> destroying, um, even like right. some of my favorite places to go, like when, when, when my wife and I, you know, we went to Europe, um, some of my favorite places were the churches. Like I love going to the churches. Of course, we were still Christian at the time or we considered that what I was questioning, but um, there was this, um, I don't know if you know of this, this is, this is kind of weird history, but um, there's this church in Prague that we went to. Right. And there is 
commenters, if anyone in the comment had been here, comments have been here, I'd love to. Um, um, I'm gonna Prague find is it. A beautiful city, by the way. I'm I'm Polish, so I know about Prague. Oh, cool. Prague um, is Prague is that's the city right there. That's that's you know. I have we we tried to be travel uh, vloggers for about two two minutes um, when we went over <laughs> when we went over there we went very good and like our channel has got like seven views and stuff like it's um I can't even find it when I look it up but when we went to Prague there's this church that we went to that one of the I think it was like four hundred years ago someone tried to steal something um, here we go yeah no uh, I know what you're talking about one of the, the ch one of the churches in Prague is one of the most famous in the world I know what you're talking about. Is it Saint, uh, is it um is it Saint Benedictus or no? No, it's not that one. So we there's this church where um look at us travel blogging, but the there's this church here, and what happened is someone tried to steal some some jewelry and they caught oh, it, him. It might be Saint Vitus. Oh, and they yeah. they cut off his hand. Wow. And they hung the hand from the ceiling, and it's still there today. Just oh this shriveled God. hand. Are you serious? There's no signs or anything. I'm about to show it. So if you're squeamish, look away. But it's, you can't really see anything. I'll but, see it. I'll look at it. So this is my wife talking about it. We go into this church. So this is the church. Creepy as well. Yeah, that's oh. a beautiful looking church. That's it. That's oh my God. That, hanging is, that from... is savage, dude. What the hell? They're hanging. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my so this God. Is like, it was wild. Like, this. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I'm gonna right right the bathroom real quick. Just keep talking up. Right no back. worries. So it was wild to me. It's like this, this, this discrepant hand that is just that's just there. Um, yeah, it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I shot all of this on my iPhone Seven. I was so so proud of how the footage that came out. Uh, it's just incredible. Apparently, too, we never went to this church, but there was this one church in Prague that had like two brothers, I think it was, that were fighting about how more holy their part of the church could be. So they filled it with so much like gold and, and, and stuff. But yeah, this is the church. I don't know the actual church is called, but yeah, it's just wild, right? A decrepit hand still hanging there 400 years later. Um, I think it's 400 years, but yeah, <laughs> we're both just like that. That is some crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, me and Derek did try doing that. We went to Israel and did some uh, did some blog in there. So that's where I've seen you from. I thought I saw oh, you. Yeah, on... yeah, me and Derek yeah. Were together. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, you baptized each other in the um, Jordan <laughs> yeah, River. Do you know? Do you want to know some crazy shit? When we yeah. were in the water, we didn't know this. We didn't know there there was a a, a solar eclipse happening while we were in the water. Oh so wow! We made a joke. We're like, that's some. Instead of like the the instead of like the spirit coming down and like the light, we're like it got dark. Like it was like an atheist baptism. Like <laughs> we were joking around about that, but like it blew our minds. We were we thought they were joking with us. We got back in the bus and somebody said, "Hey, uh, uh a solar or a, a solar eclipse just happened." We were like, "What time?" And they were like, "They said the time." They we were like, "Dude, we were in the water in that time." Like, it just blew our minds that a solar eclipse happens. We're we're in the Jordan River baptizing each other as jokes, and then yeah, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I Such love a, that. Oh I miss it there, man. That was a good. That was a really good trip. I Derek, I love Derek, man. I love. Right. I owe so much to Derek, man. You don't even know. I, Derek is such a good dude. I I will always. 
That's me. Uh, <laughs> I said to, I said to Derek, I said he's always like I said I love know, what Derek, he's done for man. this channel. And like I've spent I spent hours talking to Derek on the phone back when he's back, such back a long time great. ago. Just such good, I, he's such a good heart, to be he, he wants to help everybody. Like he's yeah, he, he goes out of his way to help anyone who asks him. Like he's he just, and if anyone doesn't know, you know I Derek started has my a, channel with 200 subscribers and I reached out to the interview him because I was so fascinated by his channel. And he responded right away and we, I got him on my channel and then he started promoting my channel and he he's the reason why I'm where I'm at. Like yeah. hands down, I owe it all to Derek. I swear to I owe it all to Derek. Derek, Derek is like it's. He, let's just have a big Derek fest. Um, um, he's probably not, not even listening. Doesn't even care. No, he's fine. Right, um, yeah, he's, he's Derek, he's doing work. He's working right now. He's always yeah, working. He's he's a he's hard crazy. worker, dude. He's crushing it. And I he came I, on to. I learned from him a lot of things on how to really work hard and do do and try to be as good as possible. Like Derek's, I look up to him. We we both struggled with substance abuse, and he's two years mm. ahead of me. So he got clean two years before I did. And he oh, started awesome. his channel. He started his channel two years before I did. He's also two That's years great. older than me, so it's like this weird coincidence that I met this guy, and I'm just following <laughs> his path, man. He's he's such a great guy. He really is. He's uh he he. If anyone doesn't know, like go check out his surviving heroin religion. Like he talks about deconstructing his faith in the middle of overcoming heroin addiction, and <laughs> like he's yeah. just a, <laughs> he's just a it's no just, because um, that's it. And I it's Derek. And and the other Derek, Derek, Derek Bennett, too. We all have addiction and alcoholic past. And part of part of the 12 step program is believing in a higher power. Yeah. So when you when you're in when you're in a religion, you're, it's all good. You have your higher power. But once you start deconstructing, now you have a now you have a conflict here. Is this going to affect my 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 sobriety? Because my sobriety depends on a higher power. It's a weird predicament that no one's figured out yet. This is going to. Uh, I'm wondering if I should say this or not. Say it. Um, say it. Um, okay, hang on a second. If you don't have to, but no, I, I've never said this on stream because I knew that. Like, I, I thought it would get taken out of context. I don't even know if Derek knows this. Um, I'm gonna get real with everyone. Um, hang on. Um, let me just let me just find it. Um, I, when you type in Dave McDonald on YouTube, it comes up with this clip that says, Dave McDonald was a racist, but God changed his heart. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> this dude here. <laughs> Who's that guy? I have no idea who that guy is. But God changed his heart. He used to be a racist. Um, you would think it would be something better. Like, he used to be gay, but God changed his heart. Or something racist. Yeah. Like, what's They care yeah. about that all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. Usually, uh, it's, usually it's something different, you know. It's great that they did. They did actually. Yeah, that's um, a good video. Like, that. Cool. Let's let's have God fix racism. That would be a cool thing. I would believe in that God, <laughs> right? If, <sighs> imagine that. Imagine if part of this Christianity thing was like, oh, if you believe in our God, you won't be a racist. Then I like, yeah. okay, now I can go. Now I can get behind your religion. Now, you know what I mean? Like there, but I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> I, I, uh, I can't find it. I did have it on my, so I have this like channel where I just post home videos and stuff. I, I think I removed it actually because I thought it would cause too much issues, but I actually went to rehab myself. So I'm another one of those um, people. But the reason I, I don't mention it, happens, it is because a, it happens to every, it happens to a lot of people, man. It's not, it, it's not the, the thing happened. that I, the thing I want to mention though, is the reason I went to rehab was not like I was there. I shouldn't have got, I shouldn't have gone. So to, 
to give you some context, like I smoked weed for a few weeks, mm-hmm. started getting a little bit like paranoid and thought I need to radically change my life. And I had a Christian lady, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. He went to rehab. He got his life sorted. I, I decided this Christian lady I was living with said, maybe you need to go to rehab because she didn't know what to do. You know, like I, I got angry when I punched a bus stop, had bloody knuckles. Like, oh, so you had a rough life. patch and you wanted to clean, you wanted to like, yeah. And stuff. I went to 90 days at rehab. There were people there who like, there were people that who there were like, you know, um, you know, they were, uh, they're real, real heroin. You know, from yeah. straight you, from 12 you years in prison. Difference between you and them. Yeah. And, and I was there like feeling like an idiot, but I did the 90 days and that's actually where Amy and I met, not met, sorry. That's where Amy and I, my wife, we started writing to the letters and I was like, I'm trying to get my life online. And that's where we kind of rekindled the romance and that's how we that's got good. together. But yeah, it's, it's so I'm very familiar with the 90 day program, the AANA and the idea so of you the know, high power. you know the predicament of somebody yeah. who's yeah who's because skeptic, but also has to clean their life up. It's a, mm. it's a real predicament that no one, and as far as I know, me and Derek talk about this all the time. No one has figured this out yet. This is just a weird, yeah. because it's been proven by psychology and psychiatry that finding a higher power to believe in can help somebody get out of addiction. That's a proven thing. Oh, of course. I'm not, I'm not saying it, that's not a real thing. It's just that like, once we get into all this other subjects like science and should, is religion good? Is religion bad? Then all of a sudden we're in a predicament. Should we help the addicts? Should we not? Like what? You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a real predicament. It really is. There was this. There was this uh, person at one of the NA meetings we went to who said they were twenty years clean, and their higher power was a truck. And the reason <laughs> the reason why their higher power was a truck is because it could drive. It did deliveries. I think it was a mail truck. It did deliveries, and he said it drove past six bottlers and twelve pubs a day, and didn't go into one of them. That was the, and 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 he didn't have that power. So he said that he, he didn't have the ability to do that. So that was his high power. And I was like, that's interesting. And he was, he was yeah. 20 years clean. That's, and that, that, that system of choosing a higher power based on your own self, I can get behind that. Mm. Like, there's no dogma in that. It's like you're, it's an artistic expression of the self and finding a God yeah. that represents like your values. That yeah. I can get behind all day long. It's just that Look, when, we get, when we get into like this dogmatic here's the 10 commandments and do you better do this or that that's when problems come rise you know what i mean yeah and and not to you know and to lose you know the 100 subscribers to lose 100 subscribers i'll say this but <laughs> jo- jordan peterson um has some outrageous and ridiculous perspectives on climate change transgender identity sexual um sexuality um sexism and everything like that the problem with Jordan Peterson is sometimes he says stuff that is just really on point. And one of the things that he says well, is... Um, for people like myself that was in rock bottom, Jordan Peterson was one of the people that I looked up to that yeah, I needed to hear from. Like, that, And I always tell people that. like Jordan Peterson is like somebody who's standing out to people who are in rock bottom. You got to remember yeah. that. He's, he knows who to look for to find as a new follower. Yeah. That's that's the thing is it's... um. <laughs> that, and that and that's the problem with Andrew Tate as well. As much as he is just like an absolute scumbag, douchebag, got the worst ideas on the planet. Sometimes he says some stuff that actually is like, okay, that's probably some good advice. I hate saying that. It's goodbye to all the subscribers um, that you right. know, joined recently. No, but 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 ninety um, percent of what Andrew, ninety nine percent of what Andrew Tate says is just dumb. But dumb as far there have yeah. been a few points. Yeah, but with um, Jordan Peterson, he said um, once that was really good advice. He said. Um, 
you know, if you if you're drinking every day, that's a hell of a he loves to say hell. It's a hell of a thing. It's a, it's great. Like people being drunk is fun. You need something that's bigger than that to help you kind of move off it. So it's like you need to if you've got something that's worth more to you than the alcohol, so whether that be your family, whether that be like a dream career or something like something that you're working towards can really help you get out of that, that space. It depends where you kind of are, but it really can help. When you're in that space of depression and darkness and, you know, being like at the bottom and you're, whether you're in prison or rehab or whatever, someone like Jordan Peterson will be appealing to you because you're looking mm. for you're looking for someone to tell you that you're worthwhile and you're and you just gotta you just gotta do these things and the world's wrong and you're right and like you like you want someone like that so it can be dangerous and it can be culty in a weird way like yeah. i have jordan peterson's books all behind me i had that phase mm. in my life where i was a big jordan peterson fan and like yeah. i'm i i glad that i'm past that now because there's too much anti-trans anti-progressive anti-everything dude he's very harmful and his overall 100 percent. the thing the thing is though i would still encourage people to understand his arguments because i think the the problem is is a lot of people a lot of i'm on the left i consider myself a lgbt ally like i you know i'm on the left but i think the issue with um censoring these people is no one has an idea on how to actually argue against these ideas anymore because we just banish them like mute them call them names and like block them on twitter or whatever i think people should understand that his ideas a lot of his ideas are very stupid but some of his ideas actually are right and that's why people get attracted to him and then fall into the trap of believing all these ridiculous perspectives yeah Um, i think it's better to have the discussions and dialogues that you can actually hmm. refute bad ideas and show because a lot of people will say okay if you talk to somebody who's on the opposite side of you of the political aisle just having a conversation with that person is bad because you're you're platforming them. But if mm. you don't if you don't show yourself challenging those ideas, that can be an echo chamber over there. And if it's not challenged, people won't see it. So e- yeah. even if even if you don't convince that person that you're debating to change, at least someone who's watching can hear your arguments mm. against them, and that could yeah. help the person. So I think it's yeah. I, I'm not saying we should platform everybody and just give them all, but I'm saying like no. it's probably better to have some dialogue and not just let them have fester in, in an echo chamber right mm. exactly well we've definitely gone off track i think thank you thanks for the wine <laughs> but <laughs> i'm having a good conversation a good time anyway yeah. um i i have i have some um if anyone's got some questions i'm um, drop them in the thing now but i've got some questions for you uh neil um neil actually i have a younger brother named neil um Spelled yeah. differently, but yeah, a legend of a dude. Um, sure. So he's actually my little brother Neil is actually probably one that got me to think, um, got me one to think critically uh, about um, science and things in the first place. Like I would, I would, I would come to him with my like testimonies of cool, uh, cool ideas, and he would, um, he would ask me about the science and got me to think more critically. It was um, it was really cool. He's a younger brother. He's in but he, I, some, a lot of ways I look up to him. His name is Neil. Sam selling as me. Yeah, N I N A I L O. Um, yeah, um, wow. different last name, but cool, cool guy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> in fact, when we got back from um, one of the things I wanted to do when I got when I got back from Europe, just talking about that Europe trip, is we we made wizard staffs. Do you know what wizard staffs are? Like with drinking? Yeah, the, the staff, like the magic, like the 
No, well, yeah, I know what they are that, but I mean, like, so what we do in Australia is, um, you drink a can of beer, and then you drink another can, and then you tape it to the other beer, and then you keep doing that, and then once you get it over your head in length, that's called a wizard staff. So when we got back from Europe, me and him sat there um, watching movies all night and drinking beers. We actually, I was actually relatively sober because it took twelve hours to drink fifteen beers or whatever. So, but at the end, we had these long stars and we walked around the block at seven in the morning and everyone was beeping their horns. Eh, like, <laughs> that's classic Australia, right? But yeah, I made wizard stuff with him. So it was, it was cool. Anyway, nice. um, so to, not to get too distracted, but so these are the questions I, I like to ask um, all my guests. So I have a bunch, but what is the best advice you've ever been given? To... Um... Best advice I've ever given is um, to to be able to control to control your own self and be able to give to others. Oh, that's great! Yeah, balance. Hey, balance is so you would know, right? With the old uh, yeah. drug use and stuff like and that. For for recovery what reasons, control yourself as far as like being in control and having control of like where you're at and your decisions, but also to be able to help someone else. The feeling yeah. of helping someone else is really, really a powerful thing. It really is. Yeah. It, it sounds, it, it sounds like cliche, but it's true. It really is. No, it, it, it really is. Um, even if people, um, even if people spit in your face when you give to them and you help them out, help someone build a YouTube channel and they spit in your face. At least you tried, you know? Hey, like, look, man, I never thought you'd be preaching to turn the other cheek, but <laughs> but no, it is. So, just one last shout out. Make sure you go check out Gnostic Informant. Great stuff on the channel there. Um, that's um YouTube.com YouTube.com slash at Gnostic Informant. You can see it on the live stream if you're watching. If you're listening, just go check it out. It's great, great stuff. Pumping out videos like so much. Like, look at you, you're pumping out like so many videos. You're yeah, I try. I'm working my ass off. Yep. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I, I was doing deep drinks weekly, but I'm pumping out. I did deep drinks a couple of nights ago, but we're just we're gonna be doing more and more episodes. That's good. Um, That's good. That's how you secondly, know you're somewhere. Secondly, um, we have 1,122 subscribers. Thanks, guys. You can see the huge influx that we've had. Wow, um, look at that. Look at that mountain right there. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, it's crazy, right? So thank you, everyone, to who subscribed. And um, and let's get this subscribe train going. Um, the more subscribers we get, the more I can justify um, getting on more guests. I'm going to be trying to be doing more than one a week. And I'm also probably going to be setting up some sort of a, um, a patron or a way that someone people can support um, uh, me. And I would really love to hear what you'd like to. I'll create a poll. I'll create a post. I'd really like to see what people would want to get out of the Patreon, um, whether it be like conversations with me or behind the scenes kind of stuff or um, conversations with guests um, that aren't necessarily live streamed, um, things like that, or, or, or blog posts. So I'd really love to to, to hear that because I, I want to be the best guest that I can be. I'm even considering going to a speech therapist to stop my mumbling so I can and, and get better at presenting my ideas. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And that also make sure... That'll come. You'll get used to it. Thank you. And also the Bible, the panel on does the Bible condone slavery with these five, the five horsemen. I can't believe I got them either, man. Like I'm, 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 that's I'm a huge, away. that's a big panel right there. That's huge that's prime time shit right there. That's yeah. I know. Crazy. All five right? of them too. All five of them. Oh my I know. God. And it's all thanks to Dr. Josh. He really did the legwork on that. Like, um, but just, 
Um, we're going to, I'm going to tweet this out and we're going to send this to every apologist, whoever uh, references slavery and tries to, um, tries to kind of paint it in a more favorable light. So thank you everyone for subscribing and, um, and, and, and doing what you do. I really appreciate it. Um, so, um, so next question, um, what is the most plausibly true religion so you're you're are you an you're an agnostic atheist, right, or an atheist? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If anything, so most... deism, I'm I'm fine with deism. I'm fine. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with there being something behind that does. It's not interfering with anything. It's not doesn't choose people. You're not there's no chosen people or anything. There's no like like but like if it doesn't you can't inter interfere with this universe. Well, yeah, you can't you can't like debunk that. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm fine with deism. Yeah, but that, that's that, that would be my my duality. So that would be your your religion of choice, deism. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's that's good. That would I, be I it. Mean, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Like in in high school, I remember talking about God, and, and some some girl said, "I believe God died. I was alive, but he died a long time ago." And I was like, "Wow, that's a cool sci-fi script." Like that was like that's interesting. Um, imagine God dying. That's a I'm yeah, because we don't we don't know like this universe that with this reality that we're experiencing. Like, why is there something rather than nothing, and why is there life that can experience and and like um, yeah and view things and like think of things? So like it makes you wonder if there if there is some sort of mind behind it. What makes you think it's perfect, powerful? It could be flawed. Maybe it could die. We don't know what it is. We never, yeah. we haven't decided, we haven't like established any of that. We just assume that it's biblical, but like, why? Yeah. what makes you think it's biblical? It could be something else. <laughs> yeah, I know. know. It's, um, yeah. And then when you think like, I've had conversations with, um, Muslim apologists on TikToks, uh, TikTok, TikToks. Oh my gosh. The wine, the wine, but I've had um, conversations <laughs> and they go, you know, where do we come from? You know? And I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if asking what happened before the big bang is a sensical question. I don't even know if you can even ask that. I don't even know what, what question to ask in, 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 in order to find the answer. Like they will say that God is the necessarily like starting point, you know, like that God created the universe and um, otherwise we get into an infinite regression, but it's like, well, why say that God created the universe when we can just say like, who created God? I believe the universe came from the same place you believe God came from. And, that and then, is he, and then you think if if there is a God, how does he not know something's above him? Like the way yeah. we don't know, we don't know something's above us. Why doesn't this God know something's above him? We, I know, it, 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 you know, it could be a loop of who knows. Like we just it, don't know. And I think that's the that's the crux of it's like, um, I see the new subscribers. Thank you very much. I um, that's the crux of it. It's like I know, like. I, like I'm happy in my life saying I'm not sure. I don't right. have an answer Me yet. Too. Me too. I love a lot of people. It feels are so good to say that. that. It feels so good. To yeah. Admit that. Just to be it like, comes with, I don't have a, a dog in the race anymore. I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Muslim. I have nothing in the race. I'm just trying to find what I, what the truth is. And that's so exciting. That is such a it's a, it's a there's a freedom from that. It's like the yeah. shackles are lifted. You don't care anymore. You're not trying to look for evidence that fits your narrative you're just you're just looking for things that are true and like there's if, something about that that feels good if there's a if there's a word that i could use to describe my deconstruction process and the look into all this stuff 
if there was some word that kind of combined the word heartbreaking and ecstatically exciting, that would be somewhere in between. Like for me, deconstruction was like, oh my gosh, like I'm lo- like I'm I'm moving away from this thing that was so sacred to me. But I'm also, I, I it's not like a choice. It's like I can't not see what I've seen. But it's also like I I was so excited to learn about things. Like I remember when I bought my first fossil, I was like, this fossil is like it was like sixty dollars at Australia Zoo. You know, Steve Irwin. You know, like all that kind of like down. The, it's down the road from my house. I had oh, our old roommate used to work there, and I bought this fossil. And I was like, "This is actually sixty million years old." I bought it for like thirty bucks or something, and I was like, "What? This is so weird to me that like that I'm just holding something in my hand that's just like 60 I can't even old. imagine that because I have a coin from Constantine behind me. <laughs> oh wow! Even that yeah, it's from the con. It's actually a real coin from the Constantine era. Wow! Even holding that in my hand, I'm thinking like somebody touched this that lived this long ago I'm like, that's crazy I'm like that what you're saying is even crazier than that yeah oh I, i'm gonna have to look into buying a constantine coin that's so cool yeah uh nitty said where the fuck where the absolute fuck is the 1k sub party so yeah, nitty, great is, question i, I am doing i awesome. am doing a charity stream um but we have to get obviously the the point is to raise money for charity and um Two things I need to organize. I'm going to organize guests, games. Like I'm going to bring subs on, especially like some of my, um, especially people like like you know, p- you guys and the sub that come from Mythfish and like, and also like the locals here, D and everyone else. Like, um, uh, you know, like you guys. Like I want to bring you guys on. I want to like have conversations. I'll be going for like twelve hours straight. We're going to be going. Uh, it's going to be great. But we're going to be raising money. So I need to first be able to get the money. Um, to be able to give to these charities. So like um, super chats and things like that. I'm going to also create games. So it's like certain goals, um, you know, ways I can punish myself or do things that, um, or, 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 or get certain guests on if we reach certain goals. So it is coming, but first it's Google saying it's going to take quote about a month to review my channel. I don't know why it says that, like why it takes so long, but that's where it's up to. So when that's done, I'm in the process of planning things at the moment. All my attention at the moment though, is going to, um of course the bible panel uh, on slavery but um thank you for asking and thank you for reminding me to um to say that um so and so do we have any um questions in the chat let me just have a quick look um guys tag at deep drinks if you do have a question um otherwise i'll ask my last question by the way nitty's a cool nitty's awesome nitty's a good part of this community nitty's nitty yeah nitty's yeah. been on the channel before yeah, uh, I saw that one actually. Okay, cool. Swift C said, "In spite of your unbelief, is there anything good or beautiful that you find about if you, that you find about Christianity?" I'll let you answer, then I'll answer. In spite of your unbelief, is there anything good or beautiful? Actually, um, uh, so there's two authors that write about this topic. Um, one of them's Van Loon, the other one's Nietzsche, and they believe mm. that the the idea of equality, the idea that this like to like ignore the hierarchy ignore this like idea that there's kings and nobles and slaves on the bottom the the idea of like people should be equal actually comes from christian like ideas christian theology Mm -hmm. and so if you know there's some truth to that like the book of acts chapter five says that if you become a christian you should take all your wealth sell your house take all your funds throw it at the feet of the apostles and then live in communal lifestyle with the rest of the, the community. And so 
that I, those ideas of like making society equal for people, that is a good idea. So if that's true, if we do get our ideas of equality from that, that would be great. The problem is Christians today don't live up to that. Christians today are living. The Christians today are all about like voting for the guy that gives us the best free market that we can, so we can make <laughs> the money and the least, least amount of taxes. So they're all backwards now. But it's so so true. But yeah, I think I think if I can go back to like the early ideas of like communal lifestyle, then I would say that those are good ideas. Yeah, um, great great point. Um, I like that as well. Oh my gosh, I'm um, I'm doing really well at this um, being sober thing. But um, the so for me, two things. One, I absolutely, lutely love. There's a lot of things about Christianity I love actually. Um, when I read the Christian scriptures, even though I don't have a deep connection to to it anymore, um, I. Oh my gosh, I'm going to keep looking for this, but I get a deep appreciation um for the scriptures and i get this deep feeling of like something greater so uh, my favorite scripture is one john i'll it out that which is from the beginning which we have heard that we have seen with our eyes which we have looked at with our hands have touched this we proclaim concerning the word of life that life appeared we have seen that and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which is from the father that has appeared to us we proclaim to you and we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with one um, with us and our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, to make our joy complete. This is the message that you've heard um, from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live in the truth, live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, light, his Son, purifies us from all sin. Um, if I'll just finish it. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and the word um, and his word is not in us. I love that. I don't believe it. <laughs> like I don't believe it's true. But to me, something in me feels something come to life when, when I read that. Um, but that isn't, like I said, when I read the Quran, that came out of me as well. Um, and when I read, uh, when I read uh, the Bhagavad Gita, that also came out of me. Oh, that's that's one I've read too. That's the song. That, yeah, that's the uh, where he tells Arjun, the prince, where yeah, like you, I don't want to go to war against my uncle. And Krishna is like, you have to. It's it's, it's the fate. Fates have decreed that you must. And it's for the better. It's like something weird about that that makes you like think this is some deep ancient stuff right here. Uh, yeah, Gita, that was a good. I'm, I, I didn't know you were about to go there. That's not. That's yeah. the same copy I have. I have the same translations. Yeah. Dude, this 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 author and his audible translation of this is just amazing. So because I read out a little bit of the um little bit of the Bible, yeah, and dude, and I had this one too. This is the one yeah. Buddha, the Dhammapada. The collection, bro. These are some good reads, though. Honestly, honestly, I've got, I've yeah. got the Upanishads. Yeah, he, and I've got shout the, out yeah. to Eknath Yishwan for these yeah, translations, dude. dude. He crushed it, and he gives yeah. you a commentary every other page. Yeah, gives you a commentary. It tells you how to break it down. 
good stuff. It's really beautiful. Um, so when I was in, uh, let me just paint the picture for you. My wife and I are in Bali. We're drinking margaritas or we're drinking different type of cocktails poolside um, next to some, you know, uh, in, 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 on the rooftop of some um, of our hotel. And I'm sitting there with my headphones in and there's like techno, like, it's like playing on the speakers outside. But in my headphones, I'm listening to the back of my kids on audiobook and I can slightly hear the second. And I'm a little drunk. I've just gotten out of the pool. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm listening to this and it just hit me. It hit me like a ton, a ton of bricks. Um, it's um, Bhagavad Gita chapter 9. I thought it was chapter 6. Um, verse 16. I am the ritual and the sacrifice. So this is Krishna talking to Arjuna, talking about how Arjuna, he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I am the ritual and the sacrifice. I am the true medicine and the mantra. I am the offering and the fire which consumes it. I am the one who uh, um, to whom it is being offered. I am the father and mother of this universe and its grandfather too. I am the entire... I'm getting goosebumps. I am, enti- I am its entire support. I am the sum of all knowledge, the purifier, the syllable Om. I am the sacred scriptures, the Rig, the Yaju, and the Sam Vedas. Mm. I am the goal of life, the Lord and support of all, the inner witness, the abode of all. I am the only refuge, the one true friend. I am the beginning, the staying, and the end of creation. I am the womb and the eternal seed. I am heat. I give that. I give and withhold rain. I am immortality. I am death. I am what is and what is not. Like I just that's was before like, G- that's three hundred years before Jesus too. By the that's way. what this. No, it, even I was like, yeah. I, I think I looked. I was like, am I reading? Is this sorry? Did this just whack open to a psalm and, and like or a that or, a or something? Say. They, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's same idea. Yeah. So, yeah. is there anything good I can find about Christianity? Um, pragmatically, hunt lots of stuff. Um, it's just that I like to also point out the negatives of it, Absolutely, um, you have to. and also of other religions. So that was a long answer to it to a question. Um, yeah, no, it's fun to read this stuff because it's, it's ancient, it's ancient knowledge and ancient. It's just stuff that people looked up to and thought of as like special knowledge, ancient wisdom. So I love when I read it. I'm thinking about the people that revered this stuff. I'm thinking about the history behind it, and there's something about that that fascinates me. You know. Yeah, and for for me, it's for me. I get this emotional reaction to it, like this um, this like this like chest, this gut feeling. I just don't attach a truth claim to that. Like my my wife's my wife um, who I'm trying to get to come on this channel more often, and you know, and um, and I I keep making jokes that people are going to invite her onto the channel because she reckons her ideas are useless, and I'm like, no, they're actually really important. She said that when she would go to musicals, she would have the exact same feelings that she'd have in church because she loves musicals. Yeah. And so, like, I, I often say, like, my wife had spiritual experiences at musicals. That's what those Bacchics were getting at with the revelry thing, with the mania. The, uh, the plate is called the divine mania. It's like this idea of when you're in, like, a concert or the musical atmosphere, you just feel the spirit. Like, it's mm. so, there's, so there's some science behind it. Like, there's something going on. Where yeah. like when you're in a crowd of people and you're all doing the same thing and dancing and singing, there's something that happens. There's something there. I I wonder if I should tell like a spiritual how's everyone going? Do, do, have we got time for me to tell like random anecdotes? I, don't from care. I, I, I got time. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, what is everyone else drinking? I'm 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 going through the comments, um, trying to find questions, but I remember this one time we list I went to a Planet Shakers conference, right, down in um in Melbourne. Uh no, it would have been Brisbane, Brisbane. And Jürgen Matesius was preaching. He's a pastor. And his preach was like, whatever, like, like whatever. But at the end, 
the band came on and it was a big show. Like, and I, I just felt, I felt what I said was God say to me, you need to go down and repent for X, Y, Z or something. Right. And I was like, okay. The God I had in my head was quite, you know, like he, he wanted, he wanted to make sure you were all good, all good. So I went down to the front and around the auditorium, they had to push out because there were so many people that registered for this conference. They had to push out the back walls and everything. And it was like a 360 degree rotation view of like everyone looking down at this like platform. And we, we all went down the front and I was on my knees and I was speaking in like, what can I, I can only describe as like a weird form of tongues. Like it was like, do you yep. know when you get into that, you can speak in tongues and like, just, I could do it now. I did it on the stream the other night and you can speak in tongues and it's like, okay, like you're speaking in tongues, like, or whatever. But when you really feel the emotional experience happening and then you speak in tongues, it can be like a, you're a, you're a former Pentecostal. So you would know, right? Like, yeah. So you, it's like a different experience. And so I spoke in these weeks and I remember looking over, uh, over to my left and two pe people down, I saw my younger brother who was there for the first time on his knees, also praying and crying. So I'm crying, speaking in tongues, praying, crying or whatever. And it was like this really weird, just like feeling later that night, I get this text message from um, a friend. Hey bro, I saw the Lord's angels tonight. And I was like, what do you say? What? I was like, what do you mean you saw the Lord's angels? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, they were there was a big vision of the cross that came on stage and these angels were flying to the, they were, they were anticipating it all night and they were flying around the stage. And then they went to the base of this cross and they picked up pools of blood in their hand from the bottom of this cross. And then they were going around and flicking it on all the people who were bending over at the front and praying in, in, um, in um, tongues. And I was like, Whoa, I was like, what? cause I thought like he was talking, like he thought of them or dreamed them or something, but he's like, no, I physically saw them. I was like, well, that's crazy. So yeah. Wild. <laughs> wild experiences right now people ask me like how do you rectify that like how do you how do you rectify that these days uh, why well, I, I guess i don't is the first thing i also don't know if that's uh, testable <laughs> like whatever no, yeah. i know other religions have experiences like that all the time and i know that um uh and yeah, like it's it's a it's a wild experience. I just don't attach a truth claim to that experience. Like, right? Th these are the, for me. It's like it's like this is a very strong emotional reaction that I'm having to something. Yeah, the um, brain, the brain is the, is something. Yeah, I actually had a DMT experience a long time ago. Oh, wow. where I swear I, I'm not kidding. I experienced something that looks similar to like a a Hindu god because he had multiple hands and had, the head was spinning around. And it like flew up at me with the like, smoke all around it. And like, I was, it was called, you know, they call it a breakthrough when you're on like, yeah, this, this was another level experience. And never, I'll never forget it. It, it changed wow. my action. That, that DMT experience made me change my life. It's like part of the reason why I'm into all this stuff. Cause I'm trying to figure out like, where's everyone else lining up with these? Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Because yeah. they're, those yeah. experiences are real. People who yeah. have religious experiences, there's something happening. The point is, like, what is it that's happening in the brain yeah. that causes this stuff? Yeah, for me, I it like was that. the DMT. That wouldn't have happened without taking DMT. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. but like, it's... but still, I can see why people feel that 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 sense oh. of some sort of like spiritual awakening or whatever you want to call it. There's something yeah. about that. The, yeah, and like, I I believe they're real as well. Like, I believe like they they definitely happen. It's just whether or not what people are ascribing to them is true right like someone can have a psychedelic experience and see aliens i have a friend who did this 
mind you, I, I do like to preface this with I have friends who um, have overdone psychedelic experiences and en ended up in mental institutions, like, and not good, good time. The, yeah. I think I don't advocate people use psychedelics on, on my stream, at least. Um, probably why I don't do it anymore, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's something that's like, you know, it's a subjective experience. It's not objective, right? But for people who have done it, they have these experiences. And I, I, you know, a friend of mine, you know, he saw aliens um, in his, it's like, I don't think the aliens were there, but I don't deny the fact that he saw these aliens. Right. I have he, a friend. He experienced it. It's just the drug was in him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The one of the, I, I have a, I have a family member who went to a prayer meeting for some Tibetan thing. It was, it was not Christian at all. It was like a Tibetan thing. I forgot what it was specifically, but they all fell over in what sounded like Holy Spirit. Um, praying for each other, laughing, falling over, like gig, like it was like it was that hysteria that you can get in a Pentecostal environment. And and I remember they telling me this when I was um them telling me this when this is a family member I trust, right? And like a, a very close family member, like for, like not like a second cousin or a cousin even, a direct family member who told me this, and I was like, uh, uh, and and they told told me this, and they told me the night that it happened. They're like they like came home like this happened. Right? And it was from a religion that was definitely not Christianity. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, those devils are getting crafty. Like those are, right, right. the demons are, now they're even imitating what we experienced in the, in the true religion, the Christian church. So yeah, that's what um, yeah. And, uh, and also, uh, what is it? One of the Beatles, he used to say, what's the purpose of a God if you can't physically see them and touch them? So he, and he would say that, um, I got this from Aaron Ra. He would say that he would chant the mantras of Krishna until Krishna appeared That's to George him. Har George Harrison. George, yeah. Appeared to him in physical form. Look, the brain is a wild place. Let me just say that. Right. And if anyone wants to see, if you go back to the episode with Miss Lemon, we talk about um, placebo effect a little bit, and we talk about what the brain can do, but um, it's crazy. Uh, so yeah. Titan Arena said, "Does DI think it's it's fair to say that Christianity, that includes Trinity beliefs, is a de facto henotheistic?" Oh, does GI mean? Maybe GI, yeah. I think it's fair to that includes Trinity belief is de facto henotheistic. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't. Trinity belief, henotheistic. Yeah, I guess, right? Isn't that what you know the isn't that what that means? Henotheistic? Belief in Oh, it's the worship of a single supreme god. I'm thinking of okay, so no, the no. Yeah, because you're well, it's weird because the Trinity is one but three inside of it. So mm. it's just one of those mind bender things, like because henotheistic uh, is the worship of a single supreme god that does not deny the existence of a possible or existence of other deities. But we have three with inside that. So I don't know. That's a that's a brain buster, I guess, from Titan Uranus. Uh Michael Jones uh has this TikTok um uh where he he says, um, this is why I told him to to challenge to do a review of our thing. He um he 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 said this is what this Christians who don't believe in the Trinity and it's like him picking a picking a cherry of a tree, and it's like this is what Christians do when they say they don't believe in the Trinity and he picks a cherry off the tree. So cherry picking, um and I said um and I replied and I said did you pick one cherry or one cherry that's actually three cherries that's actually one cherry but three cherries in one. But you know, and everyone's still like, one pick, though. It's still one pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he 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 laughed. Yeah, he, he laughed. Thought it was funny. Um, um, 
what do you and Neil think would happen if Jesus? So this is sorry, Asherah's Orchard's comment. What do yeah, you think uh, would happen if Jesus were to come back from the dead and see the actions of his followers? What might you think um, or do about the antithesis of his word? Well, first of all, that 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 um, requires me to speculate on what Jesus actually thought and thinks and what his ideas are. Now, my personal thoughts are he's kind of a cynic, uh, middle Platonist, but Jewish as well, thinker. And that's why he got killed, because he was a heretic. So I think that that's my personal. I'm not getting that from any scholars. That's just my personal uh, speculation on what Jesus was like. So if he come back, and I think he might have been like sort of uh, egalitarian type too. And I think he would look at all these Christians today and say, dude. You're, you're looking at the, you want Trump to be your fault, your leader. It has nothing to do with me. Like that. I think he would re- rebuttal all that shit. That's what I think he would do. Mm. You know, but that's yeah. that also, like I said, that requires me inserting my own thoughts of who Jesus might've been. You know, there was this, um, when I was a kid in, in Australia, um, there was this, um, this, this movie called rabbit proof fence. And it's a story of, uh, it's the story of, um, let me just find it. It's the story of this like young Aboriginal woman who goes through, this is like this fence that goes all along the Australian border to keep rabbits out. Not Australian border, I think New South Wales. So. It's a big ass story. She watched the movie and she said, that wasn't my story. Like, so the actual person was like, that had nothing to do with my story. And that was like in the same lifetime, people who knew her and could talk to her and they made this, I think Jesus would come back and he would, find it indistinguishable from what he was teaching jews jesus was a jew first and foremost first and foremost and i think what he was teaching is very different to especially what you see today with like the prosperity gospels and um, things yeah, like that for sure for sure um we got a got a question from <laughs> got a question from dr kip davis um, should um, Asbury students get tuition refunds for all the instructional time that they are missing because of the revival? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'll say yes. So there's a if if those who don't know, there is a, currently a revival going on in in this um, is Asbury, um, which is which is pretty wild. I'd, I'd like to to um, to talk a little bit about it or like to to do an investigation on it. Revivals sure. are an interesting interesting thing um god there's this book that i i I never finished but i'm gonna ask the author to come on called beyond belief and it's um pentecostal christianity and taking over the world and it's an exploration into um the the pentecostal movement and like how that is like actually um let me just um let me just remove this i would absolutely love to um interview the the hosts uh, not the host the author of this book yeah um she ellie hardy she is she um i remember telling her about she's a cool cool person i remember telling her about um she's been she was on the hillsong documentary that recently came out the in the the big hit piece on hillsong and i remember like tweeting to her and i said like hey like i had friends that were in hillsong sydney that that were in training to be in the band and all the band would go out like afterwards, not all the band, sorry, members of the band would go out afterwards after church on Sunday and be doing cocaine at parties and stuff. And um, and I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I'm blowing the well, you know, I'm, I'm like, 
I'm crushing it, right? I'm like, I'm telling, I'm like dropping bombs. I'm Edward Snowden. And she just replies, well, it is Sydney. And I just loved it. Like, and, and since then, like huge fan. She's, her, her book is fantastic. Um, I, I really wish there was an audio version because I struggle to actually read as, like I said, maybe dyslexic. But You know that we're um, on opposite sides of the globe? Australia and New York are, are exactly on the opposite side of the world. Oh, wow. Like north, south, and east and west. We're literally, if I cut through the whole, I'll get to Australia. If I cut a hole through the world, wait. But yeah, look. I swear, if you want to pull up Google Earth, yeah. Like, but I mean, that's if yeah, you. I'll, that's I'll if you. Telling you, it's right. It's it's if it's not, it's close. I might be in the ocean, but, that, but it's very yeah, close but to Australia. Have you have you researched flat Earth? Because obviously, <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's not yeah. yeah. No, but I don't. Okay. M. David Lit was one of my uh one of the scholars on my channel. While he's from Australia, and it's always hard to schedule this, but like. It's literally the opposite side of the world completely. Like if you cut, if I drilled a hole through the entire earth from here to down through, I would get close to you. Isn't that kind of um, weird? Isn't that a mind blowing? Like you and I are live right now talking. Yeah. And you're <laughs> no, on the exact opposite side of the planet as me. It is wild. That's like, uh, like we're doing more miracles than Jesus right now. Kip Davis did point out that Swift C had another question. I sorry I missed it. Um, this is why we want super chats, guys, because like I'm yeah, you gotta get it's hard points. enough to find. Um question. How do you think um oh my gosh? Can you read it out? You go back in time to when Jesus and his disciples are alive. What do you ask them? Interesting. I would ask them. What do so you much. Know? Yeah. <laughs> if I, would, I could speak I would, Aramaic, right? Yeah, I would say, okay, can you guys admit right now and write this down on paper? <laughs> if Jesus does not come back in the next 40 years, because he, he just said, you, you guys heard him say it, he's going to come back in his, in his glory before some of you die. Will, will you guys admit if he doesn't come back in that time period, this is false? Write it down, sign it right here. And mm. then they'll, I'll have that piece of paper. And then the next generation will come along and say, this is what they said. He didn't come back, so yeah. it's over. That's well, how I, don't I, get think it would, I get him just like that. I disagree. I don't think it would be over. Okay, so I've got a hypothetical I'm going to run by you, right? Yeah. And I want everyone in the chat to to listen to this. And I want you to – I'm going to give you like 10 seconds to write a response, okay? Um, and I, I want everyone to be ready. Be Have your fingertips ready to write a response to this, okay? And this is a Joe Rogan question, but this is a question I might make a video on because I thought about it on the way to where I was going to go to the bottle O, but I didn't end up going to the bottle O because we had red wine at home. But anyway, I digress. Let's say the years, I want everyone to even close your eyes or even just think deeply, but get ready to type your answer because I'm only going to wait 10 seconds. The year's 2033, so in 10 years' time, there is a manuscript that's found that can be reliably and accurately dated to before the epistles of Paul. So it's the earliest manuscript that we have. In this manuscript, it has explicit instruction, like um, information about Jesus's body being removed from the tomb and hidden by a disciple. Mm -hmm. It gives the reasons. It gives the or the author who's writing it, and it's one of Jesus' disciples, and it says that Jesus' body was removed from the tomb 
in order to show that there was a resurrection, right, or to, to pretend that there was a resurrection, it goes into the ideas around that that the disciples and followers of Jesus were saying, like, oh, and we've we've started to notice that people are saying that they saw Jesus resurrected, but that can't be the case because we've removed his body. They remove his body. It's all written down. It's all perfect. And they put it in a tomb. And it says, if you go to this location, you'll find a tomb. Let's say archaeologists go to that tomb. They dig it up. They find a man there with the same injuries that you would expect someone that had been crucified of. There's a first century all carbon dating. First century. And it has like a sign that says, Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, this is the etched, body etched in the stone and everything. Yeah, it's etched in the stone. It says, We hid this body here in order to protect our sacred, you know, father, you know, and his. Um, and it's it can all be verified by carbon dating, by archaeology, by by phylogeny, by every yeah, like it's, everything it's, it's points like, to this being legit. It, everything points to it, and it is the most accurate representation, like is the it is the most accurate thing we have from the first century. Now, this is the question. I want you to write down how much of the Christian world would immediately change their beliefs? Like, give me a percentage. 50. You reckon 50? Okay. I'd say half of them say, whoa, that's it. He's done. He, he died and never came. The other half would say, well, it's just his body. So maybe the spirit rose up and then the spirit came down. Here is the body. doesn't mean anything. It'd be half. Okay. Write your, write your, write your percentage. Zero. So yeah. I zero percent. Right. Can, it might still find a way to bounce around it. You're right. My wife said, oh, no. <laughs> 50. Someone said 50. 5%. All I know 20%. is so, so, uh, not all of them. That's for sure. There's yeah. no way it's 100. It's, it's yeah, 50 or I don't think it. Something, I don't think it matters. Yeah. 5%. The point, the point 20 is, to 30%. Point is, Christians would remain still Christians. That's the point. 5%. Yeah. Which, which makes me wonder. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. About the evidence that they say. Like, well, yeah. we know Jesus rose from the dead because of the evidence. But then when you go, okay, like, this is what I, this is the problem I have with apologetics. Zero. <laughs> this is the problem I have with apologetics. Now, obviously, this is, this is just people's opinions, but to me, 10% of unsaved Christians. So to me, this is the problem with apologetics. No one goes, oh, well, I became a believer in Jesus Christ. Well, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll correct it. Most, I don't know anyone who said, I became a believer in Jesus Christ when I read all the arguments for and against Christianity and I just saw Christianity was the best. They usually are brought up Christian. They usually have an, an exterior motive to become a Christian. They usually have a spiritual experience. They usually get saved from drug abuse or, or they have a spiritual encounter or something. And then they go looking for the evidence. And that's the problem I have with apologetics is no one becomes a Christian because of apologetics. Thank you, Anthony, for subscribing. I'm going to check the subscribers in a second. Thank you. Interesting, right? It is. But you're right, because it would it would ultimately end up with just, they would get through it. Apologetics, the point of apologetics is to address the tough questions and find out, and not, not try to debunk it or, or disprove it, but find a satisfying answer for it. Mm. Any satisfying answer to whatever tough question is thrown at them. And then as soon as they figure out what the best course of action is against that tough question, that becomes the apologetic 
that tradition that goes on. So the apologist teaches the next apologist, and they keeps getting it gets more and more refined. That's why today apologists have an answer for everything. They've had mm. they've had two thousand years to think about this shit, passed mm. down from generation to generation. So anything you throw at them, they're gonna give you some word salad mumble jumble shit to respond to it. That's that's the nature of apologetics. There's an answer for anything. Mm. You know, I I I remember. You know, there's a lot of. I get in conversations with a lot of Muslim apologists on TikTok. Like I jump on there, and I and I always ask them, like, like they say, like the the Quran is scientifically perfect, and I say, like, but like it says, doesn't it say that Muhammad? Do you believe that Muhammad split the moon in two? And then they have all these reasons why. Well, if he's God, so God can do anything. So even though that would have disrupted, totally disrupted Earth's like gravitational force and like totally caused tsunamis all over the world. And like, and although that no other society on Earth um, saw that except for some one Muslim bloke in India who um, is it's, it, like, you know, scholars like scoff at the idea of him being like um, reliable anyway. Like, besides all of those people and all those things, like that, like, it, it's still scientific. I'm like, well, no, that's your like, like you can't say the Quran is scientific af- accurate and that it, the the moon in two was the moon was split in two by Muhammad as he flew there. I think on a horse, but like, yeah, yeah, like you can't say like it's scientifically accurate. And then when you when someone comes up with an expert, like, well, this doesn't seem accurate, and they go, well, he's God, he can do anything. Like it's like that's not an answer. Like that's like what, but what what it does is it panders to people who don't want to actually investigate these things. So someone grows up Muslim or they're married into a Muslim family and they're like, or a Christian family and they go, oh yeah, cool, cool. Um, and they're like, and then someone brings up a, a problem. They go, oh, I don't like that. And they go looking for the answer. Um, guys, let's, um before we wrap up, let's do, um, for those who haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe because we have that panel coming up. I'm going to check the, um, the I'm going to show the um, subscribers in a sec. We've had a few more people subscribe, which is really awesome. And also make sure you go subscribe to Gnostic Informant. Links in the description. His stuff is is just like crazy cool and i'm gonna be on his channel soon what are we gonna talk about when i come on your channel um we can do i'm sure we'll think of something it'll probably be something similar (laughs) to this it might be something like (laughs) you know we'll think of something yeah um it would be cool to do it could be cool to do like um uh you know pentecostal ministry horror stories or something like where we you know we go through oh my god do you want to see a video of my old pastor (laughs) i i I, I do, yes. You bring it up, but I also it's only a couple of minutes. It's only a minute long or two, and then we could finish on that. Yeah, that that'd be great. This could, um, be, have... could be a, a this could be our next topic for the next video of like our experiences in church. So, so I um just so you're aware too. Um, uh, I let me just pop it up on Facebook. Trump. Guys, I, I, I let me know if you're liking this kind of stream. You know, it's it's um I'm I'm trying to be casual, but also like we're just kind of hanging out at this stage. But um, I messaged Derek because I saw that you're going on his channel, and I was, oh my god, furious! I found, I found old videos of myself as a Christian in church spitting that fire as a Christian. So I want I want oh. I want Christians who are Christians right now to see if you're at my level when I was four years ago. Cause I was, so, I, I was spitting that apologetic fire, bruh. So, I'm going to show you people like, listen, all your shit that you think I've been there. And plus more, I was better than you. I was, I was more convincing than you were. And I'm still, I still came out of it. That's what so, I want. Like, that's the goal of that episode. So I was talking um, about the tree of knowledge and how technology is killing everybody. 
Like it was, it's so cringy, dude. It's so cringy, but I have it. I found it all. I found it. So myth vision. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you did because myth. So I, I, you know, I knew you were going on the channel. I was like, Oh, cool, cool, cool. But then I saw what it was about. Right. Cringing at our old pissed, selves. I got really pissed off. It's called, it's called, we were so cringe. Um, yeah. uh, hang on. Let me just, uh, let me just share it. It's called, we were so cringe. Right. And I was yeah. like, and I messaged, I messaged, um, Derek and I said, how dare you, how dare you do this stream and not invite me. And I was <laughs> like, I look at and, and, and then I, and then I, I was like, look, and I said, um, and I said, he, uh, I didn't say this, but I was like, you know, part of my resume. Who knows about him that if you get stung by one, you can die. You pretty much will die. Well, this fella gets stung by me. six box jellyfish. He's not a. This is me Whoa. as a youth. Youth well, Christian. Uh, he does. I can see it now. Back. Now, now I see yeah. it. I'm praying for your son. He's dying. So she started praying, and then she. So look, Derek said maybe we can have you pop on. I'd love to pop yeah, on if I can it. make the time yeah. work. Because <laughs> yeah, I I will take the award for the cringiest. Of um, I no, have to no, take no, no. Wait, wait till you see what I got. Wait so, till you guys, see what I got. It's gonna okay. be so cringy that everyone is gonna have to put on their gas mask for it. It's gonna be it's that bad. Like so go, go, go subscribe to Myth Vision as well. And uh, she went on her or something. That was weird, bro. Even watching myself, I was like, "What are you talking about, dude?" <laughs> it's bad. Well, I'm gonna um, do it. I'm gonna get through it though. I'm gonna let people see it. I think it's awesome. worth it because it shows people. Look, I've been there. I've been where your mind is at, and I've got I've worked my way out of that. So you should listen to what I'm. That's my whole goal of that video is to show people yeah. like, your shit that you're thinking. I'm be, I've been there. Well, um, I'll do my best to if I can come along and, and show some cringy clips. I would absolutely love to come as well. Yeah, and um, support you guys just to pop in. I'm not going to take over the stream, uh, but let's show your last um clip. Can you share yeah. it or yeah, it's on the bottom already. Oh yeah. All right, can you see it? Yeah. Trump. For he that biddeth him Godspeed by his vote is a partaker of his evil deeds. I get inside that booth and I draw that curtain and this is not the Wizard of Oz. My father sees right through the curtain. And when I pull that lever, if I pull that lever for one of those D's that hates my father and hates Israel and is for communism and kills little babies, my father is recording watching and will hold me accountable for that one day you can't vote for a democrat and be a christian Oof. according to the bible so what's what would happen uh you know what he would do he'd vote for donald trump <laughs> and you know what his lesson to you is one of the last things he said when he rose from the dead go to john chapter 21 this is oh the shit God. i was in donald's man. middle name is john can, can i just can you just pause Donald's it yeah 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 he he certainly has grabbed the evangelicals right by the pussy, hasn't he, Donald Trump? Oh my God! He this is this guy had a plaque on his wall in his in his side room with a, e, or I don't know if it was an email or a letter from Trump with the signature on the bottom. He had it plaqued. He had it like he had it on a plaque, like it was like, oh look, Donald Trump knows me. He noticed me. <laughs> his um he's got a he's got a really nice knit sweater. That's what I will say. Yeah. Yeah, this guy, this guy was out there. Um, this actually, it actually gets worse. Like, listen, I'm gonna skip ahead a little yeah. bit, and it yeah. is for a rich person to go to. Let's break down why that it's to heaven. Oh wait, according to the Bible. Oh no, that's the, that's it, that's it. I ended up talking about. Right, it. Cool. That was one of my first videos. Yeah, but he okay. The the clip I was looking for that I can't find, and I will find it for Derek's stream. 
He goes, yeah. this is what he says. This same guy that you just saw, and I, and I promise you, I will find the clip. It's I have it somewhere in my old computer. He said, if I took an AK-47 right now and I shot everybody, every one of you in the crowd, turned it on myself and killed myself, I will wake up in heaven because I'm saved. That's the type of theology and mentality that that guy has. He's the chosen. Like I, I have that clip. I just don't have it with me right this second. But I will find it before I go to Derek's stream. That's for sure. Because I and I've so, I've showed it on my channel before. Some people might have and the, some people watching might have heard this before. That's crazy. I've shown this before. I have. I have it. I will find it. So it's true. Yeah, he said that shit. That was one of the last times I went there. I was like, this guy's nuts. I'm out of here. So yeah, that's that's that is wild. Yeah. Uh, a bit of it, it's hard to like people can make anything believe anything. Um, I do. Some people have asked me to reply to uh, Anthony Monzano's uh, question. Thank you for asking the question. Um, David, um, you know, it's weird. I'm still Catholic, but I'm starting to question if Jesus actually existed. I'm starting to ask for physical proof, bones, DNA, testing, specific, um, specifically science. Is that bad? No. So, first of all, okay. Hmm. When I was deconstructing my faith, now, I don't want you to deconstruct your faith. I don't want you to do anything. But like my friend Thomas Westbrook says, truth withstands scrutiny. You should be able to look at the evidence and follow the evidence where it leads. It will feel bad. Feeling some facts, it will feel bad to question your faith because faith is the antithesis of questioning, right? Like you're, you're trying to... to Faith is like the it's a circular is, argument. It's just yeah, it's, it's true because I believe, and if you don't believe, then it's not true because you don't believe. And, you know. Yeah, and I apologize. Like the, the bottle of wine's done. I've got like a I've got one last glass, but so I apologize if I'm not very coherent. But, right. but questioning your beliefs is like um, I take my hat off to you. That's like a really hard thing to do. Um, most people can't do that. So the fact that you're wanting physical proof, I don't. I'm not here to advocate for you to become like uh, anything, right? But I actually implore you for doing that. That is fantastic. Yeah. That you're looking, keep, keep asking looking questions. Like that. Keep asking questions like that. Yeah. For me, when I realized when I was when I was kind of looking, well, I'd say deconstructing, but at the time I didn't realize I was deconstructing. But for me, what I realized was any true conclusion will lead me to God anyway. That's what I. That's what I believed, right? And that's what that's that's the step that. I was, that was the point that I was convinced of that got me to be able to examine the evidence um, as unbiasedly as I possibly could at the time. So what do I mean by that? When you look at evidence, you can, you can, you can do two, one of two things. You can say, how do I recti how do I rectify this problem? Like, like I've got a problem, like there is no historical evidence, no, there is no physical evidence of Jesus, right? That's, that might be your problem. Like, and that might be something that's playing on your mind. You can look at what Christian apologists say, or you can go looking for the answer in, in, um, with theologians or pastors or something. I think you should do that. But I also think you should look at the counter arguments as well. You should not just go looking for a way to remove the cognitive dissonance that's going on, but you should... And what I used to call it is taking off my God hat, my God glasses. 
I, I, I realized that for me, looking at the evidence, I couldn't go into the evidence assuming anything. I couldn't assume my religious beliefs. I couldn't assume my gender, my race. Like I had to like, I had to do everything I possibly could to try and remove as much presuppositions. I mean, those last two weren't really presuppositions, but I couldn't really, I had to remove as much of, um, as much subjectivity as possible. And the reason that I believe that I could, the the reason I, I could actually take that first courageous step was because I, I realized that regardless that, that, the truth will always lead to God is what I thought. I, it didn't for me. It might, I might, I'm, I'm still, I'm still always on the journey. Right. right, right but, yeah. but, but like, for me, it was like, okay, like taking that first step of going, I'm going to investigate the evidence. Um, honestly, in, intellectually, honestly, I'm not going to presuppose that it's all hundred percent true. And I'm going to see what I, what I come up with. Um, I, I would suggest looking at, um, if you want some really good Christian, um, perspectives, um, Michael Jones does some really good content on this. I'm not convinced of his arguments, but I would, but, and then, and, and obviously like staying, sticking around on this channel, looking yeah, at check um, out some Apologia or something or some Apologia, Apologia is fantastic as well. F- Apologia is, uh, he's fantastic myth vision, of course. But just get, don't be afraid to question. Don't be afraid to look at the evidence and just let it come to you without too much judgment. Don't, don't judge yourself for viewing the evidence. So that would be yeah. my advice. My favorite, my favorite quote is from, uh, and you asked me this earlier and I gave you a different answer, but my, I'm going to change it now. The Bruce Lee quote of be like water. Just try to let things, <laughs> yeah. just don't even try to read. Don't do anything. Just let things like go, let it go. Let, let, let just be, be like water flow just flow yeah see what happens see what that takes you you know i i hope um don't be biased in any direction that's that that's what i mean by that that's what i fit yeah, yeah don't be biased in any direction yeah um awesome so i think that's the question people because people are people are really trying to make sure that you get get an answer and i think that's uh, i hope that was the one that i was i'm um, trying to to answer i'm pretty far back and, and to be to be real with you if you're looking for that much you or not it doesn't exist so take that as you will yeah but i mean (laughs) and he's like let let me play jesus let me play devil advocate for the christian right like just because you want physical proof doesn't mean like it's 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 not likely to exist even like even if it was anyone back then it's not likely to exist yeah who do we really have dna for besides like people we we know their tomb is here yeah i mean it's hard to get if we don't know where socrates's tomb is we don't have socrates dna i mean people are still trying to you know work out the dna evidence for stephen avery right like in the right. making a murder and stuff like it's dna is a hard thing but yeah like there there are problems when you look into it but what what's cool about it is it's exciting it's exciting to look into yeah, this no, that's it. You're, to... you're thinking of things outside the box and that's good keep doing that mm, awesome um so guys thank you for all for um subscribing we uh i'm going to show you how much we have now um Oh, whoops. Um, we had a little chat going too, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised at how many people have, I'm like, I'm really happy with how many people are out here. So guys, we're going to wrap up with one last question that I have for Gnostic informant. And it's the question that really, really like opened my worldview up. Um, but we have reached one, 1,125 subscribers, guys. Yeah, it has. It definitely, no, it, it has. Also, it's gone up by like, like a 10 or something like it's going oh, on nice, like, nice. I'm, so I'm um happy to do thank you right. thank you so much um for subscribing it could have been just a coincidence but, you know. 
Oh no, it's definitely you. Like I saw a few yeah. of my subscribers in the chat. That's all. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for um for coming. Oh, there we oh, go. Another one. Oh, yeah. We went up again. Hey. <laughs> oh, get a drink going. <laughs> I've got to um. I've got to take care. We just had a new baby boy, boy Atlas. Yeah. And, um, yeah I'm gonna yeah, be drunk yeah. as a skunk while I'm feeding yeah, the bottle. This is only like the second glass anyway. So. <laughs> um. D. I don't. I've been trying to contact you. By the way, D. Um. Uh, on like uh, Twitter or whatever, you've like been a really big um, part of the community. I, I can't find a way to contact you. If you can shoot me a message on Twitter or something, I'd love to um, chat with you because um, you've, you've been real helping. up. as you said, I've made it your moderator. So um, yeah, and uh, make sure you subscribe to to see the panel. And obviously, let's watch the Myth Vision um, panel and subscribe to Gnostic Informant. But with that said, I've got the last big question for you. Okay, so regarding your God belief. What, if anything, would change your mind? Um, if I, not just myself, because I can always be having a hallucination, but if I walked outside and me, including everyone else that is in this world, I guess, or in, in just in New York, I guess, who like who can see the same sky I'm seeing, looked up and it got, and we saw a physical thing come down and say. Hey, I'm God. Here's what I want everyone to do. And everyone saw the same thing. We all saw it. We all, everyone attested to it. That would be it. I know it's asking for a lot, but like, seriously, there's a, it, uh, is it all the time? Is it really asking for a lot? No, I don't think I it's mean, a lot. I, there's, if, there no. really, if there really is a God in control of things, why, why not just do that? If you want yeah. everyone to do something, then tell us. Yeah. Don't let, don't let humans write it for you. 2000 years ago what kind of what kind of mm. weird shit is that <laughs> yeah what what i i will say this that um i do like the like you know for me like christianity was always like you know if you mess up this life that's it you're done you're done you go on you go on hell you screwed up you didn't make the right choice yeah. you ever wonder why, what's forever. the difference between if i die physically and i'll and i get sent to another realm in hell but now I believe because I can see it. Like, what's the difference? Um, yeah, oh, yeah. No, it only counts when you're in the body. That's the only thing. I'm yeah, it's <laughs> such a weird thing. Like, why does yeah. that matter? You know. And it's weird to be eternally tortured, where the fire does not stop and the worm doesn't die. Well, then you're you not being physical tortured, body anymore. You're just sitting there because you get used to you. Would you? Wouldn't you get used to that? Well, if you have no, a physical we'll body, make right? you not get used to it because we'll just we'll just we'll, we'll mess <laughs> with you a little bit. Like, it's yeah. such a weird thing. to Think about that. It's such, yeah. So it's, it's it's nonsense. Yeah. So to harp on Michael Jones again, to, I mean, that dude needs to start paying me because I promote his Christian apologetics so much. I always say too that I don't believe he's right. I just think he's the least wrong. Um, so, um, so Michael Jones believes that, you know, people might have another second chance when they die. Like they'll have a second chance to like the only people that are in hell are people who have decided to be there. And I'm and like, okay, that's certain Christians have that like extra belief, and I and I and I and I commend that. Like your your heart's in the right place for even thinking that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a great answer. Thank you everyone for coming out. I, I I'm I'm blown away that we got so many um so many people in the um, watching and so many people commenting. Like you guys are an amazing community. Thank you so much. Um, I'm I'm going to be working hard at um, getting um, so, someone on before our next episode. I'm filling the gaps a little bit. And Dr. Kip Davis, you may be hearing from me soon. Just saying. Um, so I'd love to uh, love to keep this party going. 
So thank you so much. And uh, Nos Conformant, Neil, have you got anything else you'd like to say before we go? No, just check out my channel on YouTube and follow me on Twitter if you want. Well, that's it. Awesome. Well, if you want to, if you want to see the, the the spiciest of cringe, make sure you go over to Myth Vision as well. See you guys. Thanks for coming out.